It's the Trash Ranger friends, we are friends in anger. Our journey to crown the best and worst of year three continues. 15 of our 24 series remain, and now it's time to go back to the traditional deathmatch format to crown what was the highest high and the trashiest trash. On another installment of that time, I started a podcast to read trash manga with my friends, and actually most of them were trash, but some of them weren't, aka the Trash Manga Friends Podcast, episode 84. There's no freaking way I'll be your trash manga, unless... Today's episode sponsored by Toys Are Mine. I am your forever host, the one who owns the most manga. Help me put on my Princess Sean and joining me, my forever co-hosts. Firstly, the one who reads the most manga, filling me, filling you. How you doing, Phil? I don't, don't, don't be offering sexual services on my behalf. <laughs> I, I was looking at that list and going, what works best for Phil? And then it just jumped out at me and I'm like, ah, yes. <laughs> Perfect. Don't, don't be jumping out of people and then promising sexual services. <laughs> Is that not already services rendered at that point? <laughs> services given, not accepted necessarily. By this logic, Mike, how is a how is a prosy meant to make a living by what you've just said? Like they can't they can't just solicit people. Now I don't prosy. know. I don't know <laughs> the protocol for this. But I'm guessing they don't jump you don't out the, at people. You don't know the, the prostacle. The... <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, God. And lastly, the one who hates manga straight despises its very existence. Cool of the mic. It's me. Yes, it's yeah. you. Wait, you mean that one wasn't referring to me? <laughs> the call of the mic. But I, I, I'm not sure I enjoy being associated with that particular manga. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not That's why offended. you hate it. As I said, you hate, you hate manga. I don't hate all manga. Uh, Just everything we review on this show, apparently. With a uh, uh, few I, exceptions. I stand by that. I own the most. Phil reads the most. Mike just hates it. It actually does surprise I mean, me do that... you own the most? Yeah, like, that would surprise me. I would have thought Phil still would own the most. Oh, I God. Own a good not, lot. not close. I'll assure you it's not close. Mm. Like, how, many, how many volumes of manga do you think you own? I don't know. At least a hundred out of thought. Okay. I'm at about six hundred. Well I can Fair enough. I can beat you guys. <laughs> I have at least three. Uh, I'm also not encountering my digital shit there, you know. Neither oh, am I. Okay. Wait, no, Sean gave me one recently. I have at least four. Yeah, you do. <gasps> oh wait, no. Oh sorry. Now I've just had a sudden thought. Oh no, I'm changing what we're doing next time. No, that's fine. Go for it. Okay. Uh, where is it? Where is luckily, it? Luckily, we haven't announced that yet. So. Oh no! So it just reminded me. There's a thing I know we own that I know. Short Oh, uh, uh, I mean that's a perfect year for debut. But I hate you <laughs> with all my heart. I know exactly what it'll be. I'm uh, confused. You'll, you'll you'll know as soon as I post it, Mike. You'll... Okay. You'll fucking love it, Mike. It's right up your alley. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> okay, well, while my Phil gets that set up on the back end, I'll uh, I'll catch everyone up with what's happening then. So, this is part two of Trash Tacky the Tournament the Third. So, if you're not listening to part one yet, maybe go do that, please. In the second half, we'll be putting the last 16 in 1v1s to whittle them down to eight, then four, then two, and then one shall remain. Our third not actually trash series. Except technically it's the last 15, not the last 16, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. 
Then, once the victor is crowned, we'll reflect on which was truly the nastiest piece of crap we covered in the past year to award it the honour of being the trashiest manga friends. And maybe we'll even compare it to the worst of years gone by. But that that's that's still a way off. That's at the end of the show. So for now, let's dive into our first matchup of the last 16. So are you both ready to 1v1 these to the ground? Sure. Oh. To the ground. So our first matchup is Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer, aka Hoshino Samaderi, a finished action drama manga written and drawn by Satoshi Mizukami, licensed by Seven Seas and Crunchyroll with anime on Crunchyroll. Versus Oshi no Ko, the ongoing drama manga, written by Aka Akazaka, art by Mengo Yokoyare, licensed by Yen Press and Manga Plus. You can watch the anime on High Dive. So we're coming out of the gate strong with two shit choices. Nah, I was no. going to say, what, what the hell did Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer beat out? Because, uh, well, that was... And then, yeah. Cow cleaning was it. Yeah, I, 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 I scrolled up <laughs> in the chat and I was like, oh. That's how it managed to get through. It got a gimme. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's, it's before before we hit record, Mike was shit talking how like, oh a series is award winning, means nothing. Uh it doesn't and in, in my head I'm like, ah yes, Oshinoko, this is where this debate's going to lead. It's like <laughs> it's because what I, my actual words were, and I stand by this, another hill I'll die on, if you will. Just because something is popular doesn't mean it's actually good. I have seen some really popular sh- it oh, over the years. I agree with that take, but I would say there's a difference between popularity and award winning. I I don't, you know, I think some real shit has won awards as well. Like in the nicest way, the movie that wins the Oscar for best picture is not the one that's the most popular for that year. I mean, it's not always necessarily the best one either. Yes, yeah, whoever gets to lobby the committee the best. Yeah, you're right. It's who, whichever one Disney made. <laughs> not necessarily. For the animated one, almost always. <laughs> Not this year, though. I think Pinocchio won this year, which was did, did, did the Del Toro one. I'm pretty sure Del Toro won it this year. No. Yeah, it sounds about right. Either way, Oshinoko versus Biscuit Haber, which is, in my mind, an easy matchup because one of these really is shit. Yeah, Oshinoko. It's terrible. <laughs> you you subjected us to this from the Biscuit. Actually, yeah, this is me, my, my choice. This is a my choice. And... You, oh yeah, we both chose shit things, yeah. You hyped up <laughs> Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. Hey, okay, hyped is definitely the wrong term. Like, I wouldn't say that I hyped it, I'm, sa- I'm saying that it was a cult classic, it had an anime recently and people didn't like the anime all that much, which is sad Internet because... content creators who I marginally trust the opinions of more than the average person were like, yeah, this. <laughs> yes, Lucifer's pretty much. good. Like, and now yeah. I look at them like, what? the fuck are you on about yeah like i was much the same because uh, i i watch a content creator uh, it's called mother's basement which is very funny but he reviews anime because from his mother's basement what else are you gonna do and uh yeah he is also singing praises of this and i remember reading it when it came out and i remember actually quite enjoying it when it first came out but i'm thinking that's because it came from like a period of time where lol random was still going strong I was going to say, it's because you were the target demographic at that time. Yeah, but like people still laud it as like some amazing piece of art at this point. And I'm just like, I I It's not it. just the comedy that people laud it for. It's like, oh, the emotions of the characters and how it feels like a, you're growing up or something like that. Oh, like, oh, oh, yeah, just forgiving your abusive grandfather in five seconds. 
totally. I mean, some might say that's growth. a sign of maturity. I, I would say it's a sign of someone needs some serious therapy, but that too. That, I mean, that's the twenty twenties answer to that. <laughs> to be fair, that's twenty twenties answers to everything. Get some therapy. Twenty twenty just, did, yeah, it just didn't work out well for a lot of people, <laughs> including us, because we started this podcast. Hey, hey now, thank you, thank you. Over 7,500 listens to our episodes, thank you very much. I didn't realize it was doing that well. I mean, (laughs) that well, quote unquote. Hey, hey, do you want to know what the fun part was? Oh, go for it. The Oshinoko episode was by far the best episode we've had in a long time. Oh, so people really wanted to listen to Over triple the listens in like the first period. Shit manga. (laughs) (laughs) Like you were the Trash Manga Friends podcast. They're like, oh, finally, they're getting back to... Basics is really shit. Manga. <laughs> They're actually getting back to the trash where they yeah. kill the number one anime on Mal, which I appreciate is meaningless because the anime Mal rankings are nonsense. <laughs> so why are you citing it then? Because it's fun to say. <laughs> because it's the only metric you can really have at this point. I mean, I you know, and the awards and the sales and the massive popularity and nah, meaningless. And how it's doing well in every other way. <laughs> ah, meaningless. Mal, mal ratings, only thing that matters. Doing well in every other way, apart from being good. <laughs> so, to compare these two... <laughs> Please I do. suppose the way you could compare them is... One's good, one's not. Yeah. Lucifer and the Biscuit <laughs> Hammer's good, and... <laughs> okay, so the, the comparable points for me are, like, emotional growth between the two, right? So, I still maintain for Oshinoko, it doesn't need to be a reincarnation story, but we discussed that to death. So, if you're talking about the, the kid from, like, the moment of reincarnation growing up and such, then you could talk about that character's emotional growth over the course of what we read versus the emotional growth of the main character, the protagonist from Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer, because they both go through arcs, of even just over two volumes. So in Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer, he goes from the very mature and totally well-reasoned idea of destroying the world because he hates everything so much because he had an abusive past. And then he eventually over what we grew into was more of a begrudging saving the world slash having hope for the future kind of thing. Whereas in Oshinoko, it goes from, wow, I'm a baby to, wow, I'm gonna kill my dad. I don't recall any uh, of his character evolution in Lucifer. I, I was gonna say, like, pretty sure he still just wants the his character evolution. In that is, I forgave my grandpa for no reason, destroying my entire existence. But no, nah, I still <laughs> gonna destroy the world for some reason. Yeah, it's not a very mature line of thinking because it, the whole whole idea of I'm gonna destroy the world because they were mean to me, the world was mean to me, so I'm gonna destroy it. That's that's a very immature take, right there. Like, that's like. Edgelord teenager take. I can get it as like the edgelord teenager, but A, if I recall correctly, he's a bit old. Actually, I can't remember his age, but I feel like he's he a little bit university old. age or something. Yeah, he was a bit older, yeah. He's a bit older mindset. And then B, yeah, when that that just doesn't change after he fun- has this fundamental event that should rock it to the ground. I was going to say, I think the thing that changes for him in the story is at the start of the story, he's just sort of drifting through life yeah. aimless. Whereas when he meets the titular Lucifer, he's like, nah, fuck it, I'm gonna blow up the world. Now he's running away through life, like, not aimlessly, because he's been hunted. No, no now he has direction and purpose, it's just the wrong direction. Yeah, but the idea of that, I always felt, was 
yes, he's going to, it's like a big air quotes, destroy the world. Like he's, yes. he's very much trying to save it, but he also wants to not feel like he's betraying his own mindset as he does. See, I would say both he and Aqua from Oshinoko take very self-destructive they do. choices from their path. Yeah, like they, they both do something potentially good, but in a weird and kind of warped way. At least that's where they end up in the end of what we read. Yeah, between between these two, one has better art, better characters, better storytelling. I can't say better pacing. <laughs> I can't because neither of them are paced. Brilliant. Yeah, they're they're both paced pretty terribly. Oshinoko's first volume, I wouldn't say terribly, but Oshinoko's first volume is definitely has a lull in it before it gets to the big bada boom ending of the first volume. But uh, yes. yeah, no, there's no goddess for me. It's Oshi. It's well, just. I remember in Oshinoko, I remember reading the first volume and being like, do I need to, like, three quarters of the way through, like, do I need to read the rest of you this? You said that for the entire thing, Mike, because you were even after the first volume, you were like, oh, why am I still reading this? Wah, wah. Well, that's because... Why it... is this man giving me a steak? I only like dog food. Wow. First of all, don't kink shame me. Second of all... <laughs> Sorry, might be. <laughs> first, you, you, second I of forgot, all... you like to see the upskirts of Lucifer and look at her bunny panties, yes. <laughs> okay, no... because i'm pretty sure she was like 12 or something i don't know but so the reason i said that about oshinoko if memory serves because it was a little while ago now it was the first volume is very drawn out then the big punch of volume one where she stabbed to death that happens it's like oh wow this is suddenly very interesting and then it goes back to just that slow pacing right after there's like a very small island in the middle of it where it's like Wow, this is this is actually going somewhere, and then it goes right on back to just being feeling slow afterwards. Always going somewhere. <laughs> well, my issue is that it never really felt like it was going on anywhere. Uh, it felt like there was a goal, but it never felt like it was moving towards that goal. Whereas Luther and the Biscuit Hammer, I'm not certain there's really a goal. Even like, yeah, we've got the goal of save the world so I can destroy it, but that's very nebulous and like in the future and like very ill-defined and like this thing could go on for millions of years if it wanted to like there's no there's no ticking clock on this whatsoever yeah so yeah like it pacing is different but equally bad in both i think i mean that being said i've I've made my vote buddy so oh what's your vote then what do you mean what's by oshinoko good boy no no who would have thought as i said better in almost every aspect and genuinely one of the best things we've done this year i just adore it and to clarify, we're voting on which one goes through to the next round, and which one we... No, yes, no. Sean, Sean wants Oshinoko to go out, don't you know? I'm just making sure, because, you know, it's a bad manga, and <laughs> and he might have been confused about the rule set, so, you know. That I may. With that in mind, I am voting for Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. Yeah, great. Shot. <laughs> Horror. I knew the last ten minutes was pointless. <laughs> That's the slogan for this entire podcast. I knew the last 10 minutes were pointless. <laughs> I mean, the last 10 minutes where we promote your stream, so I don't know. Exactly. Man. Oh, wow. No, sad. I, yeah, oh. realistically, like, this was only ever going to come down to, to one person's vote for this one, so. Oh, who's that? Then introducing our new co-host. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Veto Power himself, Phil. <laughs> it's, it's Sean. And Sean <laughs> says yes. <laughs> Oshinoko. <laughs> oh, uh, over, over to you, Phil. You've, uh... Well, okay. How about this? My final oh, point right. in favor oh, of Lucifer right. and the Biscuit Hammer. Oh, my okay. God. 
It's Come on, sway more... me, Mike. Sway me. It's more fun. It's <laughs> it's silly. It's fun. It's a ha. You know what? I, I will give you that point. It is. Oshinoko is not fun at all. It yeah. Oshinoko is a lot more serious for sure. Like yeah, I get that it's probably a sort of more sophisticated piece. I mean, it's definitely more sophisticated piece. But does that equate to an enjoyable reading experience? I, yes. I mean, in this instance, <laughs> I would say no. But I guess now it's up to Phil to decide. I, I mean, th- there was no decision required here on my part. All right, so Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer goes through, and... Right, right, no, 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 no. Oh, come it, on. It's Oshinoko. The, but, uh, he, he actually uh, mispronounced Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. Oh, uh, right. He's easy, easy to mistake mix those two up, right, yeah. Yeah, 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 they're so yeah, similar right, in right, name. Right. So uh, just put that one through. And... I'm not even that attached to Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. I just read it <laughs> like Oshinoko. Really I was going to say, like, <laughs> uh, realistically... <laughs> I, like I, I didn't even you like it. Both shit. Whereas me and Phil both, at least, well, Phil's case, yeah, was all right with Oshinoko, and I loved it. So I was, was going to say, like, it really was a case of when I heard "Oh, loose from the biscuit hammer," I was like, "Wait, how, how did this <laughs> how did get, that through? get through?" <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, it really was a gimme because it was in the uh, "they're all <laughs> shit" group. <laughs> it was in the "all shit" group, and it was the one that didn't resort to. It, it was right. the least shit in the all shit group, and yeah, it was the one where none of us voted to eliminate it, because yeah, it it got a lucky pass, but now <laughs> faces an actual good series and gets stomped. So Doubt, but okay. Well, you can doubt all you want, buddy, it's gone. Well, I'm pretty sure we even said last episode, like, whatever Lucifer in the Biscuit Hour comes up against, is a, it, it gets a freebie. It would depend. There's like one or two that you would probably... I mean, there's one or two, yeah, possibly. I'm like Remonster's but... still in the draw. Oh, that might have been the one we said was... Yeah, because Remonster was yes. in the same group. But either way, Oshinoko is on, so let's move on before this one also lasts five hours. So, yeah. our next last 16 matchup, we have firstly Food Wars, aka Shokugeki no Soma, a finished shounen manga written by Yuto Tsukuda, art by Shunseki, with uh, additional consultation by Yuki Murasaki, licensed by Viz, you can watch this on High Dive and Crunchyroll, and it's going up against Pumpkin Knight, an ongoing horror manga, Written by Masaya Hokazono, art by Seima Taniguchi, not licensed. Oh, I actually have to think more about this one. That's yeah, this one's a I little mean, bit tougher. Surprisingly, I mean, I know where your vote's probably going to be, Phil. But I mean, sure, I don't think it's too surprising on my part, but I will say, like, they're surprisingly similar in a way. Okay, you'll have to explain that one. No, I, I kind of get it. They've got a like, lot of like the same flaws, even though I, plot-wise, I was going to say the very different. in terms of their graphicness shall we say sure we, we said it before like pumpkin night it's very gory very visceral but it's very detailed it, it's not shy to show you everything as it were and food wars it, it enjoys its fan service all right i guess yeah if you go like they are both in their own ways an intense reading experience like pumpkin night as you said very gory very visceral very upfront about that and very yeah fast paced kind of that kind of in your face style attitude of gore porn uh, slash thriller and then obviously food wars um everyone's always at a lover so it's a lot of like shouting do or die scenarios of you pass this exam or you're at the school you cook yeah. this egg well or you're at the school in, in the nicest way you can't cook an egg well i don't know how they got into that school i <laughs> sure but it everything at least in what we read of food Wars. Uh, yeah, yeah no i know what you're saying it's yeah just... but it, it goes a step further it's not like if you can't cook an egg well it's like no if your egg is not in the 0.01 top percent of eggs, you're out of here, 
Jack. I got this out of here. That's it. Your cooking career is over. And then we'll kill you. No, no, it's not Blue Lock. They are both very high stakes. I mean, Pumpkin Night, you'll die. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> yes, but Pumpkin Night very much is a slasher fic. <laughs> and they don't cook the pumpkin in Pumpkin Night. I mean, they kind of do. I know, no, they kind of do. Because... I mean, we don't know what's in with the inside. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Oh, no. So, yeah, they're both very, very intense. Let's put it that way. Yes. It, I suppose this one, for me, comes down to... Do I prefer the slasher genre or the everybody shouting genre of manga? Because oh, Burning Passion. The, the, my problem with Burning Passion, I don't dislike it inherently. My problem with it is it's so tiring. Yes. To, like just to watch, it's like oh, oh god. One hundred percent agree. Like I've seen take a plenty nap. of. It's less pronounced, slightly less pronounced in manga where it's all just words on the page, so you can just choose to read it, not like that. But definitely there's been some shows I've watched, um, like some Super Sentai's, for example, where like, here's the Red Ranger, and he shouts all the time, full force, energy, all the time. And I'm like, I can't. Just take it down a level, man. Like, it's it's okay. You don't have to be at 11 Like, really? In, f- in front of my tea and biscuits, really? <laughs> in Ugh. front of my tea. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to have a good time. And, oh, oh you've, you've soiled my crumpet. Exactly. Ugh, that sounds like a horrible <laughs> sexual maneuver. <laughs> I can't say I properly disliked either of them, especially Pumpkin Night, just because of how hard it goes, and it goes real fucking hard. And I mean, yeah. so does Food Wars in a very different way. I wouldn't buy. I I, t- well, I have bought the first one of Food Wars, but that's more because of Shoddy Jump Collection. So I wouldn't buy into either of these, but I do have a respect for both of them, and I guess. For me, ultimately, I was more impressed by Pumpkin Night probably than I was Food Wars, like uh, because of its graphical intensity and it very much like just didn't let up. Like they had dumb narrative elements, both of them, but ultimately, like Pumpkin Nights, I could like let slide more because it's just a uh, slasher faker for an arrival. Sean, Sean's into gore. Got it. Sure, why not? Um, I'm into. What's the best way of phrasing it? Uh. <laughs> It's not I'm integral. It's more I I don't have a problem or a hang up with that kind of thing. And if you can pull off a more mature, in inverted commas, <laughs> uh, style of art or storytelling, then more power to you. And I feel, artistically at least, Pumpkin Knight does pull that off. Yeah, Pumpkin Knight is probably the one more that I would be more interested in checking out more of. I think one thing I would probably say on that from it, obviously Food Wars was a weekly series. I imagine Pumpkin Knight was monthly bi-monthly something like uh, okay it was definitely not a weekly series so you're saying they had longer to perfect the art yes typically you get better art in series that release less frequently because they've got more time to do it on the one hand sure on the other hand there's a series that we disqualified from this tournament that was weekly and i would vote over everything else so i don't really feel that holds merit if you're talking about the art then the first art those first two volumes of bleach is what you're referring to there aren't those first the two one, volumes. I is dare you. Don't give it away. Actually, not great. He's still finding his art style, but the the point is more like really scheduled doesn't impact onto me. I think that's a non non starting point as an argument goes. So. Fair. So I'm a, I'm just gonna go ahead and assume Phil, you're voting for Food Wars, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, I don't think that was ever in question. So it comes down to me on this one, and I don't think this is a tough decision because Food Wars is fun. And it's very silly, and it leans in, and it goes hard and all that, but it's just kind of annoying to me. It's like, the 
they have an equal amount of ridiculous leaps in logic and like just stupid plot choices but the difference is pumpkin knight is never pretending to be anything it's not like it's only ever pretending that it's a stupid slasher fic it's not even trying to claim that this stuff is like realistic or serious whereas food wars is constantly being like oh no, this definitely can happen or at least that's the vibe i always got and so yeah i'm gonna be voting for pumpkin knight i just feel like it's the better made piece of the two it does silly in a better way yeah fair enough i can sort of see what you're saying with food wars but also the same thing. i don't think it's necessarily as pronounced as that but uh yeah, yeah no, I, like... I definitely i can definitely and uh, and you know meat isn't a vegetable or whatever it was i said not an ingredient was what you said yeah same thing uh, yeah. you can go back to Mike. the last episode to listen to how much of that survived the edit moving on to our next last 16 matchup then oh this will be a tough one for one of us so call of the night yofukashi no uta an ongoing rom-com manga written and drawn by kotoyama licensed by viz anime on high dive up against sunset of passion rakujitsu no pathos an ongoing romance manga written and drawn by Suyasuya, not licensed. And by difficult for one of us, I mean Mike, because this is another one where he hates both. Yeah, I was wondering. I was, say, I was really confused me. here. I was like, is, is it a difficult choice for anyone? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I was be thinking. Mike, because much like Oshinoko, Mike hates Call of the Night. Hate is a strong word in this regard. I don't think I hated is Call it? of the Night. No, I don't think I hated it. I don't think I hated Sunset Passion either. Uh, it was what? just... like. I, <laughs> Because hate to me implies that I'm just ranting and raving at it, like on the level of like the rapey shit we've done in previous years. And I don't I don't necessarily like I don't necessarily think it rises to that level of emotional impact for me, which is a problem in of itself, I suppose. Like I I, I find it that both of them are just kind of boring, which is impressive considering one's about vampires and the other one's about fucking. So yeah, like this is the more difficult one for me personally because I don't really like either of them and I don't really feel like I have solid reasons as to why I dislike both of them. Well, one's a rom-com, therefore. Well, well yeah, it. so it has a disadvantage. doesn't mean it's bad. Even I can accept when rom-coms are good, even if I don't yeah, like them. You know what? You know what? See, as it's never actually happened in this show. What's a rom-com you like, Mike? Let's let's I get a bar for that. Like, if I, if I went to you and said, recommend me a rom-com, in anything, not just necessarily manga, like TV yeah. or whatever as well. What would you say? What would be oh, your go-to rom-com? You're very much doing the thing where, like, here, pick an example out of literally anything. My brain goes, I don't know anything you're talking about. So give me an example and I'll give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Okay, <laughs> I mean, Call I of the say. Night, which we're discussing <laughs> right now. <laughs> thumbs down, yeah. <laughs> that, that, no, the point is, it's like, I'm try we're trying to get a judge of what you like in the rom-com space. Okay, you know what? I'm going to Google. Famous rom-coms. Okay, so when you Google famous rom-coms, comes up with Notting Hill, boring as shit. Yes. Yeah. Pretty Woman, that's actually okay. It's fine. Bridget Jones' Diary, boring as shit. Yep. My Best Friend's Wedding, haven't seen it. You've Got Mail, a bit dated, but it's actually okay. Sleeps in Seattle, haven't seen it. Love Actually, boring as shit. Mm -hmm. Ten Things I Hate About You, it's okay. Find a recurring theme here. So, yeah. Generally speaking, I think some things are fine, and I can accept when something is well written. Like, we've actually had a lot of stuff on the show, rom coms on the show, where I've gone, like, oh, that's. At least I can appreciate that it's well written, or the characters come through, or something like that. 
And I just never got that with Call of the Night. I really didn't. Well, to provide a, a lighter take, then, I mean, no shit, my vote's Call of the Night. I bought like 10 or 11 volumes of it. That doesn't mean you like it. That just means you're a masochist. I... Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel you're reaching there, buddy. Oh, wait, Mike, you're forgetting the best rom-com we've ever covered on this series. I'm going to oh hate the next God. thing you're about to say. Go on. Rent a Girlfriend. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Was that a rom-com? I mean, Is I find it funny. <laughs> are, are you laughing at it or with it? I am very much laughing at it, yes. There you go. <laughs> There's a difference between laughing because it was intentionally funny and laughing <laughs> at its expense. Either way, yes, I'm voting Call of the Night. I really like the comedy. It's done by um the... Gashi Kashi writer who has nailed that kind of comedy style. So I like the supernatural elements, which add something to it a bit more than, say, some of the more mediocre rom coms we've done on the show. I think it gives it a fun element. The art's good because, with it mostly being night based, you get to see like an interesting, different visual perspective than you would for a lot of them. And Sunset of Passion, I've read better porn. So <laughs> you're not wrong. Which has I better plot and you're better. Not, but... Like, I, I have seen and read porn which actually goes further into the sexual stuff and has better I mean, plot. in the nicest way if it didn't i'd say it was shit porn i mean yes like false advertising at a certain point like quite frankly if you if you're looking at porn and you're not getting to fucking within like five pages or five minutes or whatever it's shit porn now all right i i feel you can have like porn with a build-up of the plot which in theory yeah. Sunset of Passion could go for, but it doesn't. It just decides to go on this never-ending edge extravaganza of progressively building to the part where this housewife cheats on her husband and fucks the random guy. So, yeah, ultimately, like, it's, I want to make that clear. It's nothing against pornographic manga, per se. Like, yes, you can have good hentai series. Well, it's like, it's, it's like uh, if, if you're of our age group and British, you'll probably remember the Friday night Channel 5 softcore porn they used to play back in the day, where it was exactly that. It was porn with a plot, and it were these pornographic movies, and they were obviously just for porn, like there was no nothing Shakespearean about it, but there was plot, and there was build-up to some of them, and it was like, I, yeah, like that, that's, that's an attempt is made. Path. You're on your own there. The point is an attempt was made, I'm not saying if it was good or anything. I was about to segue to like what my proclivities were back in the day, but you know what? No, no one, no one wants to hear that. So, um... oh, some I people. I mean, we do. already know you've you've read Anal Tyranny. So this is, this is pre Anal Tyranny days before I played Ooh. visual novels. Pre Anal <laughs> Tyranny. <laughs> oh man, it's, that was my icky toes in moment. Yes, l- lube tyranny. <laughs> it's pre Anal Tyranny. Like what? What's a minor form of tyranny? <laughs> So, Call of the Night or Sunset of Passion, have at you two. Uh, like, yeah, porn, some, well, some porn, not all porn, granted, but porn has better plots and is more porny than Sunset of Passion. You're telling me porn has more porn than not porn? <sighs> well, they're, they're, they they fuck in Sunset of Passion. Yeah, you, they, you, you fuck. You see the nip news. You, I mean, you see okay, the illegal parts. This goes back to the idea that fucking doesn't necessarily mean porn. True. It no, doesn't. but you actually see, like, say, compared to like World's End Harem, for example, you actually see, I would say, more of that. Okay. Yes, it's, it's not as censored, shall we say? Well, it's also like Girl on the Shore was undoubtedly about sex, and yes, that never felt like porn, not because of the art style, but because of it didn't like lovingly linger on the clearly pornographic parts. Like it was about sex, but sex wasn't 
the visual focus of it. Like, it wasn't meant to titillate, it was just, it was meant to be a plot hook. Whereas while sex is definitely a plot hook in Sunset of Passion, it's clearly also there just to titillate in the way that it is. So, yeah, like, it's, it's very much just bad porn. Whereas I can agree that there are some positive points about Call of the Night. So, yeah, I guess that's where I'm voting as well, because Sunset of Passion was just not good. Like, if you remove all the porn stuff, there's no story. Remove all the story, there's no porn. Like, what's the point of this thing? Whereas, I can absolutely understand why people like Call of the Night. I don't, but I can understand it, so I have to vote that way. It's just a better made thing. Dale, take us home. Oh, it's Call of the Night. So th- this wasn't a hard choice for me. Oh, no. I, I knew this was going through immediately. <laughs> Off of me and you. Like... Regardless of what Mike thought. So I'm, I'm less harsh on some set of passion, but I also call the night is just that much better. Okay, ra- la- last random question on Sunset of Passion, and it's right, fine okay. for you to say I don't fucking remember, Sean. Okay. My distinct memory, having listened to that episode again recently, is that okay. at the end of Volume 2, we're at the point where he's about to start fondling her boobs, and it was very much a case of, they can't be that much longer until they just fuck. Right. Do they actually... I mean, do they get to the stage where they just fuck? And where the hell does the story go after they just fuck? Uh, from what I remember, they have not fucked. That's written a girlfriend all over again. No, really so, not. What's the, and I don't need specifics, but what's the narrative thrust? Because they I can't get it. escalating if they don't do the deed. They don't fuck, but obviously they, they keep pushing the boundary of what they're willing to to do like where the line is well, say for them, for her, obviously because obviously he's willing to go all the way where she's like, no, 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 no couldn't, couldn't possibly do this and it's like, oh, they do that and then, oh, no, 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 couldn't possibly and it's kind of, again, you're still getting to that point where it's like, well, clearly they're going to fuck and I think from what I remember they they were going on like a holiday together or something and then it was implied they were about to fuck, but they actually had someone else with them who kind of let's say got in the way, they interrupted the moment. So it's like, well yes, they're, they're there, it's just stuff gets in the way, stopping them crossing that final line, and then you just have this sort of like, oh no, no, no possibly, I couldn't possibly cheat on my husband, that is never there. So well, yeah, it's it's, it's rent a girlfriend. I... <laughs> no. No, really not. Um, no, rent, a girlfriend, rent a girlfriend would be solved if they just fucked. But anyway, okay, on we go then to the next match in the last 16, which is firstly Girls of the Wild, aka Sonia Deo Waluju, uh, a finished action romance webtoon written by Han, art by Kim Hee Jin. Uh, you can read this on webtoon. Going up against Platinum End, a Finnish supernatural thriller manga written by Skumi Oba, art by Takeshi Abata. Yeah, you can pick this up from Viz and you can watch the anime on Crunchyroll and Funimation. The Death Note duo couldn't possibly lose this one, right? It's shit. It, yeah. Which one? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say I feel that's harsh to Girls of the Worlds. I don't think Girls of the Worlds is shit. I just think it has a very, very slow start. It's very slow start. It's it's a whole wasted potential thing. Whether I think we said this last time, where it's like it could be this thing, but it they always have to like move over and let this man, this male protagonist, have the limelight. Like I get that he's the main character, but 
when other people it, it's one of the cases of to make him better they don't make him better they make everyone else worse and that sucks it's this awkward part with girls of the worlds where like a lot of the female characters are interesting not the lead because traditionally if you have multiple females the lead's usually the least interesting but um you, it's kind of like you had the other characters you had their interactions with him and it's building up to something and then right at the end of what we read it takes its first step and you're like okay so there's potential here maybe this gets good after what we've read but then uh, i think i highlighted it in the last episode but i think it was mike who made the point originally of like so the end goal of this is a it's a guy's quest to beat down all the women <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it, it is yeah and while that is a little bit hyperbolic it's yeah i was, I was gonna say it's not quite that but that, at the end of the first yes. three rounds, literally that's what that. you would assume the plot is going to be behind some change of direction. I mean, he's, it's not his quest to beat down everyone. I'm not, I'm not saying it's, it's like that. I'm not saying he wants to be the subjugator. I'm just saying the narrative thrust of the story is to solve your problems in life, you have to win this fighting from, league with women. Um, yeah, you have to beat up all the women. <laughs> the women which apparently you hate. Quite that bad. <laughs> from what I remember, it was just he's. He's been put into this tournament somewhat against his will. Yes. Yeah, and like, basically he's training not to win, just not to lose quite to survive. Because <laughs> he's yeah. not allowed to just say no. He's, he's not allowed to say no. He's not allowed to just surrender five seconds into the fight. Yeah, there's a whole lot of like narrative fucking, not even leaps, like launches. <laughs> narrative launches into this narrative of space in order to jump those many sharks. But yeah, it's 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 rough. <laughs> so yeah, I'd, I'd say, I don't think it's necessarily his quest to beat everyone. Like I don't know if you're being really win. hyperbolic, then it is. Yeah, yes, if you're being super hyperbolic, yes. It's about a man who hates women I trying feel... to beat up as many as possible. A misogynist, Mike. A misogynist, Mike. Medically diagnosed misogynist. Yeah. Ah, oh, fucking. But hell. I think it's more like. It's him learning to stand up for himself and fight back. Sure, sure. What they were going for. Because obviously the whole point is he's getting picked on and beat up. And I mean, it's just like, no, no, if he can actually survive like a minute in the ring against the female lead the champion, the uh, yeah. world champion of MMA. Fighting of everything. Yeah. <laughs> then, funnily enough, probably be able to like beat up all the people that are trying to beat him up. But hey, if he can, if Agus the Platinum Man can survive 999 days, then they'll be God. <laughs> Fucking okay. Platinum End. It's, it's so dumb, and it really doesn't want to be. Like, it's not trying to be dumb. It's trying to be some avant-garde, artistic, genius shit. It is trying to do Death Note meets Future Diary, the 4D chess of yeah. them series. It's fucking crap. Badly struggling. So I think you brought it up last time, that I didn't really think about it. Maybe we brought it up in the actual episode. But yeah, like, you want, oh, we've got to decide on the next God. It's like, go read Future Diary. Yes, yeah. it is. It's I mean, I don't know better. if they intended it that way, but I know when it first came out, everyone was like, okay, so yeah, it's Future Diary, but in Death Note style. <laughs> so it's Future Diary, but bad, I assume. I remember Future Diary. Future Diary we'll is a trip. Sure. But maybe we'll review it. That's the best way of phrasing. You wouldn't get the trip part of the first two volumes, I don't think. Oh, like how you don't get the stairs in the stairland thing. It's more, I and Phil will know this as well because I'm pretty sure he's finished it. I know what the twists of Future Diary are, and holy shit, it goes off the rails. I don't remember it in a great step. I remember the ending part of it very specifically, but I don't remember much beyond that. But yes, it it leads into its batshit. 
Oh yeah. man, it, it's yeah, like so I remember I've... it does go a bit crazy. Yeah, it, it's like how I've watched two episodes of Code Geass, the first and last ones. Oof. Yeah, it's a bit of a jarring difference. <laughs> this escalated. No, see, <laughs> it'd be like watching the first and last episodes of Growing the Gang, where you're like, oh, it's about a nice little kid buried digging in the ground, and then you get to the last episode where they're throwing galaxies at each other. Like, like, the fuck what happened? The fuck happened? I can't remember who, who it was. I'm sure someone we know said they've also only watched two episodes. And it was the first episode of season one, and it was the first episode of season two of Code Geass. And it's like, that's oof, oof, that those are the wrong two episodes to watch because they're the exact thing, the, the exact same <laughs> thing. But badly, this isn't Code Geass versus Going Legan. This is uh, Girls <laughs> of the Wilds versus Platinum End. Fucking hell, that would be a match, wouldn't it? <laughs> I okay, Girls of the Wilds, loads of faults, but Platinum End is just kind of shit. It's boring. <laughs> it's dumb. Tell you what. I'll go first here as the one who hates Platinum End the least of the three of us. Like, the one who thinks it's actually okay. It has some good moments, it has some good twists, but it never really follows through on them. Uh, it's got solid art because it can rely on um, Obata, one of the best artists in the mangaka sphere. Yeah, the art's fine. But yeah, I've had that argument already. I know. So I feel there is a good series within Platinum End, but it's certainly not realised within those first two volumes, and then it kills a little girl at the end because why not? Yay. Whereas Girls of the Wilds, I like a lot of the cast. I feel there is potential for the story. It's annoyingly slow, but there was still an outside chance that at the end of it, especially because it finally took a step forward in those last few episodes, that there, I could see there being a world where I maybe go back to it at some point. So for me, the one who hates Platinum End the least, I vote Girls of the Wilds. Not to give away where this round's going. Well, it's not really, because now I'm chiming in. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. I, I hate this round. There's Because they're both kind of bad for very different reasons. Platinum End, I think, is a complete write-off story-wise. Art, it's, it's fine. Art is good. But, like, I guess I can see potential in the future of both. But Girls of the Wild keeps, like, kicking the legs out from under itself because it keeps just injecting misogynistic shit. And I don't mean, like, the main character is a medically diagnosed misogynist like i don't i don't mean that because that's a character trait and that's actually like as far as character traits go totally fine but it's like you can tell that some of these views maybe not all of them but some of these views are actually shared by the author because then they have the whole principal or whoever like saying one of you girls out there should fuck this boy for college credit or something. I don't necessarily think that means the author has those views. I think it means the author couldn't think of a better way of getting him into the plot. (laughs) Yes, but it's like, you still have to think of that to write it, you know? That still has to be your best option. You couldn't think of a better choice. I just, I do worry about that that story a bit because or the the author i guess because like if it's going in with that kind of mindset then how's that going to turn out in the future whereas platinum end you know what it is i'm less affected by the child death at the end than sean is but to me it just sort of shows that it's capable of making difficult choices i guess yeah even if they are just for shock value if it had been built up, I maybe wouldn't be so bad with it. It was more just the fact they introduced this random girl character and then it's literally just so they can kill her off. The, uh, my main sticking point with this bracket is... Oh, I'm sorry. My main issue with the format of the tournament is that it's not the ones I like. <laughs> I, I, did, I, I meant that actually make like decisions round. and stuff. God, I meant with this specific round. <laughs> <laughs> my main issue with this specific round 
is they're both dumb in certain ways. It's just that Platinum End is so incredibly stupid with the choices it makes. Whereas Girls of the Wild is actually somewhat, like, forgivable might be the wrong word, but it's like, it is somewhat fine with its logic as we currently see it. And it does do a lot to actually, like, explain motivations and stuff, whereas Platinum End is like, they want to be God, deal with it. Like, it doesn't really give you that sort of respect as the reader, in my opinion. It's like, we're smart, and that's all you need to carry this. Would it make you feel better if I tell you it doesn't really matter who wins, because I know who they fight in the next round? No. Oh, I still okay. have to make the well, decision. I tried. i tell you what, then. While Mike deliberates, Phil, what's your take on this? I mean... In some ways, it's a hard choice. In other ways, it's kind of not. I think they're both kind of about the same. I wouldn't mind which one went out, which one went through. I'm about as invested in both, shall we say. I mean, the thing for me is, like, Platinum End was just... Visually, it was good, but the plot was just so dumb in places. It's like, ah, yes, we're going to do this. It's like, yeah, but why? That's... That's dumb. It's like, oh no, he's been hit by the thing, which means he's got to listen to the other person for the next month and do nothing with it. And it's just like, mm, you could do stuff with all of this, but you're just not, and just having people make the stupidest decisions possible. And then you've got Girls of the Wild, which is, let, let's just have a guy go to an all-girls school and get beat up a bunch and then not be allowed to make any of his own decisions. And also, he's a medically diagnosed misogynist, and it's like, uh, uh, uh. I think for me, it's Girls of the Wild goes through just because I mean, I read more of Girl- Girls of the Wild way back when. Like, I actually finished reading it. And, you know, I remember the fights when they actually take place, they were really cool and interesting. Whereas Platinum End, I'm just like, I just, I don't care to read more. It's like, uh, uh. So yeah, Girls of the Wild gets my vote. Yeah, and I'm I'm not. I'd already kind of decided when Sean threw it to Phil there. I yeah, I I think I would go with Girls of the Wild as well, purely because as far as like a finished product goes, with first two volumes and whatever, I feel like there's more. Weirdly, I think there's more like thought put into Girls of the Wild. I think it's just it feels better to read it in general. I don't really like either of them all that much, but at the very least, I could, like Sean, I could see a potential where I'd go back to read more Girls of the Wild. Whereas Platinum End just dull, and it's trying desperately to be way smarter yeah. than it is. I don't think it's necessarily dull. It's just, I do. it has, as I say, it's, it feels like it's trying to be Death Note again with its full-on five-head chess games and things, when it's just like, it's just a couple of like five-year-olds playing tic-tac-toe or something instead. It's like it's just, haha! No, no. You see, actually, why would I put myself in the middle of this stadium where you can all kill me when I can just pick you off from afar like any sane person would? Yeah, and I think one of the reasons why it does that style doesn't work is because in Platinum End there's no secrecy like at all. They dispel. Whereas in Death Note, there's like it's all secrecy. Like, literally everything yes. has to remain a secret, and therefore you get to, like, experience the secrets becoming revealed as and when the characters want them to. Whereas in Platinum End, it's literally all out in the open by, like, the third chapter. And that's not fun. 
And it doesn't really lend itself well to that style of writing. So, Girls of the Wilds goes through unanimously. Moving on to another match that will definitely be unanimous. So, Remonster, an ongoing Isekai manga written Whatever by Kogatsuni, Kanekiro, art by, you don't even know what the other one is yet. Tomiyakawa, licensed by Seven Seas, The Gates, Killing Me, Killing You, an ongoing fantasy adventure by Imamushi narrator. You're so right. My God, how how could I ever (laughs) let Remonster go out? No, no, it's Killing Me, Killing You. Arguably the biggest mismatch of the entire tournament. (laughs) Maybe even of all the tournaments we've done. Yeah. I was about to say playing devil's advocate and then saying some ways no, that by all means mike play devil's advocate explain oh, to me I... how, how we monster is better than killing me killing you i don't you know, know i'm, I'm not gonna and... even go that far mike just <laughs> go on give us a positive point for re monster give us some food for thought um <laughs> it's really hard to come up with anything that's like actually good there's because it's like re monster is bad and okay there's no good <laughs> in is it, it... I think we said it before, like, if you ignore the very problematic stuff that happens right at the end, it's just a distinctly Meh. very wordy kind it, of average. Yeah, it goes from kind. you're reading the log of an MMORPG of, like, I picked up this, I learned this skill in depth, to, yeah. and some, like, badly drawn action that makes it hard to tell what's going on. So you're like, oh, why do I have all this skill? Okay, whatever. And then you have the, the rape that he... Yeah. Up until that point, that. very staunchly against like no i would never i'm better than that and then he um injects people with his uh sex no, no, juice but, it, but it's but it's fine sean because they they consented they, yeah it, it, it's fine when he does it yeah <laughs> i mean as minamoto story taught us uh 40 no's and a yes is a-okay yeah uh, uh versus killing, guess... me, killing you which is a masterpiece of yeah like if we were doing buys this year i probably would have buyed killing me killing you I, well, I feel you would have had to fight yeah. for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it was, it's it's just really, really good. Like, and it beats it beats every monster in basically every category. Like, we're trying to be as analytical as possible. I don't think it loses at any point to anything. I like the mechanical system of Remonster. But you uh, eat it and you get its scale. And <laughs> uh, then, like the whole evolution thing they've got going on i it's an idea to explore for certain uh, yeah it's that's fine that's literally the most positive i can be about it i don't like how they explain it ad nauseum but i like the existence of it it's fine mike if you want the um the evolution system just go check out some spider so what i thought you were gonna say check out this little unknown franchise uh, i believe it's called Pocketmon. <laughs> no it's never been okay. Pocket Monsters, thank you. Lesser known franchise, probably never heard of it. Maybe one day we'll do the Pokemon manga. Which one? Which one? Uh, Special, the original. I mean, Special's too good for this show. Special's good. I like Special. I'm I'm, I'm not disputing that. I am. You've not read it. Yes. I'm assuming. (laughs) That that is an assumption, but I'm assuming if we name a random manga, even if it's Pokemon... Also, I will get to meet my favourite character in those first two volumes. Satoshi. you meet the equivalent of them. I was going to say, not in this. Oh. In the first two volumes, you'll meet red, blue, and green. And obviously, Mike, you'll know which way around those are. Blue is Gary. No. no. Damn it. <laughs> that's, that's the Gaijin way of doing it. The correct answer is blue is Leaf and green is Gary. Because red and green were the original two games. <laughs> I, I did know that. I did know that. To be fair, it's also because 
fucking Japanese and the one's Midorian, one's Aoi, I think, isn't it? And Aoi can mean it's, yeah, it's like it's blue like green or something, or I think that's the right way around. It's all a mess, but either way, I feel it's fair to say killing me, killing you is going to go through here unanimously, right? Yeah, I don't. I mean, maybe there'll be some shocking upset from Phil, but there's no <laughs> contest here. That was my thoughts on Remonster. Uh, oh, okay. Impressive. That means that has to actually stay in. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> like, even if, even if you are trying your very, very hardest to be as positive as you physically could be to Remonster, it still loses. I'd say, even if we decided, let's just ignore the last two chapters, why not? It, it still, is said, it's distinctly. Mediocre. Remonster at its best, yeah, is a mediocre isekai. It's just, Whereas yeah, it still loses. So fantastically great. And killing me, killing you could like win this whole tournament. It's I... the number one seed. So yeah, like it was never going to go the other way. No, as I said, the big no. massive mismatch. We, we said it earlier. Said it last week. Anything that comes up against Remonster gets gets a freebie <laughs> round. So in that regard, yeah. it was actually matched quite well. Yeah, there's there's um. There's some that Remonster could potentially have been. But uh, I'm on the lower end of the spectrum. Uh, I mean, that, that's your thoughts, I guess. But uh, e- oh, we'll never have to find out, luckily. So, nope. Um, nope. So we can move on to the battle of our two most recent series next in, for the next round. So help me put on my princess shoes, or, you know, Hibikutsu Wai Hertikure, a finished romantic drama manga written and drawn by Atsushi Suga, not licensed. Up against the last exorcist, Endergeister, aka Suino Tamashi Endergeister, ongoing supernatural action manga written and drawn by Takashi Yomayama, also not licensed. Do you want to go to the movies or do you want to jerk off over some feet? Why not both? <laughs> Please don't jerk off over feet in the cinema. Okay, I, I mean, won't jerk off over it's... feet in the cinema. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. You know what? I'm going to take that. jerk off over it. legs instead because that's uh... what she had. He did have an all-inclusive leg fetish, yes. Like, I mean, oh, I'm, I'm of the same opinion here. Like, this can only go one way, but... I mean, it's less of a stomp, but... It is yeah. less of a stomp, because, you know, Endergeister actually has intriguing potential. It has fun. It has action, if that's what you're into. And, it, like, it's got an inventive designs, for the most part, of characters and such. It's got good ideas for the world and the mechanics of that world. Like, it's a really fleshed out piece. Whereas the f- fleshing out of the other one. <laughs> definitely. There's definitely some flesh, flesh and it's definitely coming out later, yes. About five seconds after the door shuts, from what we learned. Yeah, it's just. Oh, it, again, it's another one. If you take out the problematic shit of all the abuse and whatnot, which, granted, no. it is. If you take out the problematic, in inverted quotes, shit of Princess Shoes, you're not going to be left with much. I was going to say, like, that is a very central... Yeah, because it is one of the central cruxes, both his toxic relationship with his ex-wife and also his uncontrollable boner syndrome whenever he sees a bit of naked leg. (laughs) Ah, uh, UBS, uncontrollable boner syndrome. (laughs) Doctor, please help me, I keep getting erections. That's a thing. That's a real thing. (laughs) Oh, no, yeah. I I appreciate that. Uh, If it lent more into the psychological aspects of that i guess then there's theories to be dealt there but maybe yeah. you should take a leaf out of girls of the wild and diagnose him medically with foot fetish or whatever i don't think you need a diagnosis for that you're, you're a deviant it's is the medical 
acting to prove it. <laughs> Chop it off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit uh, extreme. Uh, <laughs> so is his deviance, like, apparently. Uh, Ender, Endergeister has, has issues. Like, it doesn't yeah. explain shit. <laughs> Being its primary one. I'm not going to lie to you and sit here and say Endergeister's perfect, because it's absolutely not. And there, there is a world where if Princess Shoes leans into it, the things that make it interesting, like it's romantic drama, it could be the Bear series. Oh, yeah. If it leans in... has better art, better characters, better writing, and um, better porn. If Princess Shoes actually leaned into some of the stuff that makes it unique and interesting and leaned out of some of the stuff that makes it very much not unique and interesting, then it would actually be a lot better. Like, with very, very subtle changes to the, the final product that we got. Yeah, maybe have it where the schoolgirl doesn't pull her pants down. Yes, that's the kind of shit they should lean out of. But it's not what we get, and I got no intention that that was, oh, sorry, no implication that that was the intention of the writer. Like, I, I really, I, even though you guys disagree with me in the episode, I, I do really think that Princess Shoes was just a fetish piece, and anything that was around the fetish stuff was a, an excuse to get back to the fetish stuff. And because... It's not so much that a fetish piece can't be good art as well, can't be a good manga as well. It's more like it's clearly lying to you as the reader, in my opinion, that it's like pretending to be something that it isn't. And ultimately that makes it a failure from step one. But then after that, you have to consider the whole problematic shit involved of like ogling a teenager and what have you. Legs. <laughs> Teenager's legs. Sure, it, they're attached. Like, the point is more there is a like i'm not saying go out there and ogle everyone but i'm saying there's a difference between staring at someone's tits and staring at someone's legs i would argue there's not if the intention is the same i don't think his intent is to molest them yeah, uh, well i never went that far and he by definition he does molest them if he's making them sh making them shoes but uh, what the, the, uh... No, well, okay, okay. No, I'm not having that. No, no, I'm not. in the world, you're not molesters. If he has a sexual interest in it, it crosses the line, is what I'm saying. Uh, it's the same thing with like looking at them. It's like if the sexual intent or the sexual interest is behind it, it changes the meaning of the action. That's why it's problematic to me. And yeah, and I know that's one of the central pillars of the story, but I also don't think it's explored well enough to get away from the fact that they're still doing it. So that's why I consider the whole thing problematic. But Endergeister is just kind of fun. It's not perfect. Absolutely not. It does have some pretty big issues. Like, as you said, it doesn't explain anything. And it is, it's very um, weirdly paced as well. And there's like a bunch of references that go nowhere. And there's, there's, there's problems. There's absolutely oh, problems. It, but... it has a massive hard-on for Hollywood cinema, yes. Yeah, I mean, I would doesn't really point out anything. the references are a non-issue. Like, they don't go anywhere because they're not doing anything but like, they're framed they're in a way that title. yeah but they're f when you when you title but a chapter movies are his aesthetic yeah when, when you title a chapter something you would expect right. it to have something to do with what happens in the chapter not at all I, maybe it depends you on agree to disagree it, it depends uh, on the good series chapter title well uh, for me it always depends on the series some series yeah they lean into this chapter title will be in some way indicative of what happens in this chapter a lot will just go, this is chapter one, two, three, four, five. And who cares if he also says, you know what? Here's this cool movie I watched. 
I mean, Japanese manga naming conventions are always a bit weird. And also, yeah, you then do just get some series where it's just like, here's this chapter title. It's got nothing to do with anything whatsoever. Oh, you it's mean like, Bleach? Uh, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> I do mean Bleach, yes. I say, it's, it's, a, it's an opportunity to elevate storytelling that most manga don't take, I would argue. Regardless, uh, yeah, I'm voting Indigeister here. I, I don't think that Princess Shoes does enough of anything to overcome the problematic shit that it portrays. An attempt is made, but that attempt is lackluster, and I just think the whole thing suffers for it. So yeah, Endergeister. I also, I also, as outlined earlier, vote for Endergeister. Phil? Uh, surprising no one. Yes, Endergeister. Yeah. Hey. So Endergeister has not ended just yet. It goes on to the next round, which moves us on to the final conflict of our last 16, and another tricky one for Mike, because they're both rom-coms. Yeah. So, A Couple of Cuckoos, Kako no Inazuke, an ongoing rom-com manga written and drawn by Miki Yoshikawa, uh, licensed by Kodansha, you can watch the anime on Crunchyroll, up against Tomo-chan as a girl, aka Tomo-chan wa Onanoko, a finished rom-com manga written and drawn by Fumita Yanagida, licensed by Seven Seas and also on Crunchyroll. You see, to this, this to me is actually nowhere near as difficult as you think it's going to be. Uh, no, I know, I'm aware which one you'll vote for because there's only one rom-com that you've said... Yeah, it's okay to throughout this entire year. <laughs> Which one is that then? Pretty sure you're going to vote Tomo Chan. Well, I guess we'll find out, won't we? I'm pretty sure you were going to vote Tomo Chan until I said you were going to vote Tomo <laughs> Now you don't know. Ooh, <laughs> suspense. I, yeah, like, Couple of Cuckoos is okay. My biggest issue was always that it was never going to be with the secondary female character who was the one I was most interested in. And also a lot of. Like a whole, this is destiny. No, no, we've got to be. We these kids were swapped at birth, therefore they have to be married. We couldn't just meet up for brunch or something. It was never. I didn't see it becoming the story I wanted it to be, with focusing on the romantic characters I was interested in. Whereas Tomo Chan, I like pretty much all the cast on. I think it does a better job with its comedy, partly because it's in the four coma format as well, which helps elevate that. And even though that can be a bit tiring when you read two volumes of it in one go, on its own, it's yeah. And I mean, I've bought Tomo Chan, so. Yes, I, I like the cast of it. I like the storytelling more of it, of like a girl who is trying to be seen as a girl by her romantic interest. And I feel there's more narrative potential and comedic potential with that, whereas Couple of Cuckoos just feels a bit normal, average rom-com. My issue with Couple of Cuckoos is not so much that it feels like normal and average. It's the fact that everything is so very, very forced. It's like the whole premise of the whole thing is we're going to throw these two kids together, whether they like it or not. But they do like it, so that's fine. No, they don't. That's the I mean, they, they don't, but they do. They, they, they both already have people they want to be with. Uh, yeah, like, that's kind of my point. It's all very, very forced and contrived because of that. And like, there's always a simpler solution to everything that they're talking about rather than forcing this romantic... I'm going to call it a subplot because pretty much is. But yeah, it, it just feels very... Um, uh, yeah, forced is pretty much the way I can put it. Just because everything happens in Couple of Cuckoos, so the plot can move on. Which really drowns out any kind of emotional moments or impact that you might be able to get. Because there's some real stuff in there of, like, discovering who your actual parents are and discovering that you're actually from different worlds and you really want to fit in, but you don't know if you're capable of doing that or worthy of doing that. And That's actually a, that's a whole lot of, to deal with, especially because these are, like, I think they're like teenagers or young adults. Point is, it's like it's, it's a lot to deal with, and a lot of service can be paid to that in Couple of Cuckoos. I think they're like 16, 17, somewhere. Yeah. 
So that's a lot to deal with, and it could it gives itself well to good storytelling, but it's not really interested in telling that story, not really. So, and it's just a uh, I wouldn't say it's quite to the level of wasted potential, but it is. There's a lot of ideas they could play with, and they choose not to, and so that's why I don't think it can ever be that good. Because on top of all that, it feels like wow, we, we got here because the plot forced us here, not because this is the natural progression of a story. We got here because a guy decided it would be fun one day to strip naked in the house he shares with a girl his age. I mean, that is some classic rom-com hijinks. I thought you'd be all into that. I mean, it's more, it's very much by the book for me. Like, the whole, oh, you're forced to live together. Oh, it's like, oh, okay, this again. Got it. <laughs> and shock gasp, like most rom-coms, I'm more interested in the number two character. It's very much a, but who's flying the plane kind of moment. It's like, oh, really? We're doing this again? All right. It, it's also very much like, I feel like the story is a lot more revolved around, like, the number two character seems to have a lot more story going on with her whole, like, shrine maiden betrothed to someone, but not actually. It's because the family wouldn't let her get chapters. Like, there's a lot more narrative elements going on with her and the relationship and the history that those two have rather than the lead girl who's just a, a character. Just there. Yeah. At least those two volumes, she didn't really do much outside of being there. Like, whereas with Tomo-chan, I, I actually, like you, I really liked the characters and the development that we got of those characters. And yes, I agree with you. This is, from my recollection, the only rom-com I actually kind of liked of the whole year. So, yeah, I'm also going to vote for Tomo-chan. I just think it's much better. And I, it's been quite a while since I've read either of these. But Tomo Chan's the one I remember actually kind of enjoying reading because it just did things quite well and quite smartly and maturely as well without having to devolve into tropes and missed opportunities. It's like they've actually got friends who, instead of conniving and keeping them apart, are actually supportive. What a concept. It's like, yeah, it's just better. It's a more enjoyable read as well from what I remember. So, yes, totally, John. Definitely for this round. But that means we will now throw it over to the master of rom-coms himself, Phil. Am I the master of rom-coms? I, I mean, you've picked most of them. I mean, yes, but I pick most of the series we read as well. Yeah, you're also the master of Isekai. <laughs> See, that one I wouldn't object to. If I looked at your list of what you read, I feel the first would be Isekai. But then, based off what we've done this year, I feel like rom-coms aren't that far behind. Probably not, no. Actually, no, they're probably very far behind, but probably still sec. It's so many rom-coms this year. Please help. I mean, considering one of your favourite manga of all time is also a rom-com. Sure as shit, I hope you're talking to Phil when you say I'm that. Now, I'm now wondering what manga you're thinking of. The one that you've bought most of. Bleach. <laughs> I have, in fact, <laughs> not bought any Bleach, Mike. But it's the best I mean, rom-com out there. It's also the best cleaning product, which is why I do buy it. Hayate <laughs> is what I'm on about. I, mm. uh, is, is, would I class Hayate as a rom-com? I don't think I would. It's definitely all about comedy. It's definitely all about comedy. I don't feel like romance is a it's not as pronounced central as part of it. I mean, he's betrothed to Nagi. No, he's not. Sorry. No, he's not. No, my blank, my blank there. But the relationship he has with like a bunch of the female cast is a big part of it. Um, yes, but yeah, I don't know if I'd call it a rom com. I mean, half of the hijinks happen is because Nagi has a crush on Hayate. I'm sure. Either, okay, fair enough. Like, it's not as rom-commy as a bunch of the straight rom-coms we've done. Like, this year. It's, yeah, it's it's definitely comedy. Definitely, it has some romance in it. 
but it's not like a central part of it. But luckily, this isn't year one where Hayati was in it, so this is year three. So, Cuckoo's or Tomo, make your choice. Not really a choice, it's Tomo. Tomo's a lot better. All the reasons already said, I don't think you need to go any more into detail. Better characters, better writing, better comedy, just better. There you have it then. So that's that's the last 16 sorted. We're down to our top eight. And you might be going, but Sean, you only did seven matchups there. So that is because Blue Lock, the one series we've not mentioned here, got a bye through this round after it eliminated both of its competitors in its Rig. Rig. I blame Mike. It's his fault. He was the one who, out of nowhere, was like, Uzaki-chan's worse. And it was like, all right. And then somehow Blue Lock got through don't ask me i'd already written it off in my mind but that's i don't remember you that <laughs> sums up your life. so what is it up against as we move on to our quarterfinals so blue lock ongoing sports manga written by muniyuki kanashiro art by yusuke namura licensed by kadansha you can watch the anime on crunchyroll goes up against oshi no ko in our first quarterfinal Another why, fun one for Mike. Yeah, why are you doing this to me? I did play random number generators. I didn't like Blue Lock. You re- you're aware of that, right? <laughs> now, all I'm saying is, for someone who didn't like Blue Lock, yeah, when you had a choice between that dice and Uzaki Chan for which was the best, you voted Blue Lock. That's because I recognized it was the best of those three, but I still don't like it. You put Blue Lock through to this round. I'm going to put Blue Lock through this round as well. You're voting for it over Oshinoko. Oh my god, Mike. <laughs> I, I don't like Blue Lock, but... God, this is it's... fucking Grand Blue all over again. I agree. It's also got blue in the title. That's it, odd it coincidence. Does, yeah. I agree. I, I don't like it, but... God, I did not like Oshinoko. I, <sighs> it's so boring. And stupid. <laughs> and it's so was like... Blue Lock. Yeah, but at least it was, like, trying to be fun. <laughs> Oshinoko is just dull. I love how Mike has become... <laughs> in the sea of millions of fans that Oshinoko has picked up, Mike has just and sat there on, like, a piggy box going, like, No! It's terrible! I feel like Mike's becoming, like, the, having his villain arc in this, uh, <laughs> this tournament. It's like, every time I'm like, Mike, you've got the choice here to pick... <laughs> the thing you hate to go out and you're just like no fuck you i'm voting against my own best wishes it's like mike no i don't like oh. either of them but i especially dislike oshinoko and honestly i can't tell you why i dislike it so much i feel like maybe because of the adversarial status i'm having to take it's starting to get worse in my mind as we go through this uh, tournament but i just remember it was so like boring and again, there's another thing that I will not debate, the, in my opinion, pointless reincarnation shit of it as well. Nothing happens. Nothing I, happens. I, Except for that one time. Die. Multiple characters die. Except for that one time when <laughs> something happens. Nothing happens, apart from that one time. Whereas, like, Blue Lark, it's... At least it's shonen silliness. Like, it's, it's, it's trying something interesting the characters i guess you could argue are interesting kind of i don't remember any of the characters from blue lock apart from the main character oh and ego or whatever the fuck he was called there's also the um the quiet psycho weirdo 
sidekick character. No, I don't remember them. Like, I, I, I very much remember a scene where he's running for the ball and he runs so hard and he gets wrapped around a goalpost or something and then he's like, are you okay? He's like, thumbs up, I'm fine. That, that was the elastic character, not the weird, quiet psycho. Well, clearly I remember multiple characters then. <laughs> I mean, clearly so... you don't, because you don't remember which one was which. Well, how long did we read Blue Lock? He's trying like, to justify it's... He's trying to justify this to himself. We read it whenever the World Cup was. Like so in no a lifetime ago. I just, Oshinoko is so boring. I feel like he's just trying to talk Blue Lock up in his mind because he hates Oshinoko. That oh, that, make no mistake. I would love to vote out Blue Lock. would love to. But I can't by all rights, let it go out in this round. <laughs> because Oshinoko is so boring! I love how we're having the opposite issue. Where you're struggling uh, because you hate them both, and I'm struggling because I love them both. I think they're both brilliant. Do the right thing. Vote for Blue Lock as much as it pains don't me. Don't do uh, it. Don't do it, Sean. I mean, do you, do you want to go next then, Phil? Yeah, let's build up some tension I can here. see where you're going and this is going to make my life I mean, hard. It's, it's really not hard for me. This is Easy. Oh, Blue Lock infuriates me. <laughs> thing is, everything you're about to say, Phil, I agree with. <laughs> everything. Like, the thing is, like, I think Oshinoko had some issues. I don't think they were that bad. Like, I think, thinking back on the episode, I was perhaps, I probably came across quite harsh to it in places. But I definitely don't think it's a bad series by any means. But Blue Lock is just... I wanted to go in with an open mind, but when on page two, and we've discussed this at length, and Sean will be adamant that, no, no, that's only one interpretation. But when it was fucking can't train strikes and then it proceeds to set out to do the exact thing it said you can't do, it's like, no, nah, no. Nah. Oshinoko gets my vote. It's not even, not even close for me. Right. <laughs> Shit. Oshinoko has better characters. Blue Oak has better art. Disagree with both those points. I don't care. <laughs> Oshinoko has better narrative, but Blue Lock has better pacing. Yeah, I'll give you that. Does the pacing matter if the narrative is shit? Does the narrative I mean, matter if the pacing the is shit? I don't think the narrative is bad in either mm. of them. I don't think either of them are bad in any of these characteristics. I think the only one is, the only point I would disagree with Mike, is, and this is because Mike was just being hyperbolic, is that I don't think the characters in Blue Lock are its strongest point as he's making out. I don't dislike the characters of it, but compared to Oshinoko, it has a much. T Oshinoko is a tighter cast, and they're all clearly. Like, yeah, this, this thing, like, this isn't me shitting on Blue Lock just because I hate it. I legitimately. The there's only two characters I remember from Blue Lock, which is the main character and. And the, Ego. Yeah, Ego. I think that, that's what he was called, wasn't it? It was. If you yeah. mean the guy who's kind of running the facility. Yeah. yeah. The guy yeah. on the screen, yeah. Literally him and main character. And I suppose the lady that kickstarted it all, but she's so incredibly irrelevant after chapter one. I guess if I'm picking the one that I have the highest hopes for the future of, considering I've already bought into both, so I already hold them both in high regard, I see more of a potential future and interest in Oshinoko than I do in Blue Lock, which I worry could kind of devolve into becoming very samey or use up its big moments early in its whole Battle Royale football style. Whereas Oshinoko has a lot of even when it's just doing something more, in inverted commas, mundane, of it's just, now this kid's acting on this show, or now Ruby's looking to become an idol and like just trying to recruit her things. Even in those more downbeat moments, it's still more interesting to me. Sorry, no, it's still interesting to me. So, 
I'm gonna vote Oshinoko, but it pains me because I love them both. Yeah. Incorrect choice. The correct choice. Brilliant. So Oshinoko is into the semis, um, as as most people would tell you, well deserved. So next quarterfinal: Pumpkin Knight versus Cool of the Night. Uh, oh my god! It's almost like it was meant to be. I entirely not planned, but now it's happening. Do you want your thriller slasher gore porn, or do you want your supernatural vampire rom com? No, I, mean, I don't think it's a question much. because I mean that is what the round is. What were you saying, Phil? I was going to say, like, is, is it really much of a question for two of us? I, I know exactly what I'm voting for already. So uh, okay. <laughs> well, I think you're going to be the potential surprise here, Mike. Okay. Unless Sean's going to come out, I'd be what very you, what surprised. But I'm, I'm, I'm saying Sean. But... On this show, Phil. What else is I'm... there to come out about? <laughs> All I'm saying is, like, when you bought ten, eleven volumes or something, and you suddenly go, you know what? I quite like the Gorpon. I've had enough of the anal tyranny. I can't buy the gold board in the shop. You so. know, you're right. Clearly, that means you've been trying to, so clearly that's your pick then, isn't it? L- let's not mention gorepawn and anal tyranny in the same sentence. <laughs> oh. I mean, there were meat hooks in there. There were meat hooks in Pumpkin, Pumpkin Night. Night. It's true. I, ooh, I, ooh. I mean, I'm making this out like it is a harder choice. I don't dislike Pumpkin Night. I want to make that clear. I have respect for what Pumpkin Night goes for and achieves. With its gore porn aesthetic and its relentlessly thriller storytelling. But yeah, I've bought a bunch of Call of the Night and I didn't necessarily feel like I was going to fall in love with Call of the Night as it were. Like, I'm not as into Degashi Kashi as I am in Call of the Night. But yeah, I love the cast of Call of the Night, their energy, their interactions, the whole spiel of it. Whereas I feel Pumpkin Night, if I did buy it, I'd probably start getting a bit tired of it after a couple more volumes, unless it found some new magical hook on how to keep going considering to use i believe mike's quote why how is she not just killed half the planet already <laughs> so uh i vote call of the night but uh nothing against pumpkin night it's it's a it's a solid series i'm curious then sean so you've said uh-huh. you own 10 11 odd volumes of call of the night however much is out i think pretty much have you read 10 11 volumes of call of the night Phil, are you kidding me? I get fuck all time to read these days. Um, I spend half my time reading the shit for this show. Like, <laughs> I spent four months reading bloody Children of Virtual Vengeance, whatever the fuck it was called, because it was so bad. And every time I went back to it, I was like, this is just depressing and draining to read. So that was most of my reading for this year. And then when I'm not wow. reading that, in terms of manga, I'm generally reading Snow White with the Red Hair, because I'm trying to keep up with that, which I then fell behind on again, because I was reading Children of Virtual Vengeance for four months. So... I want to read Call of the Night. It's just I struggle to find time to dedicate to reading amongst all the other many things I do, like my job and this show and games and everything else. Yeah, same. You struggle to wake up to record this show, Mike. We all have different... We all have our battles. We all have different finish lines. (laughs) We all have our inner demons. Some of them make you stay in bed. Anyway. That's that tangent over. I vote Call of the Night. All right, then, Phil, what are you voting? Since apparently I'm going to be the surprise choice here. Uh, well, all right. Take the pressure off you then. Yeah, I'm voting Call of the Night. No, oh, well. Like, <laughs> that's much less exciting. What did you expect? I was going to say, what are you expecting me to vote, Mike? Well, I'm, like, I'm just surprised. You're, you're the you one can... here that hates Call of the Night, not me. <laughs> it's true. It's just surprising that you think it's going to be a surprise because, yeah, I. I really didn't like Call of the Night, whereas I actually did kind of like Pumpkin Night, because of just how 
how hard it goes. I didn't think that would be a surprise. It was more just like, of anyone who might have a somewhat surprising vote. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, so for me, Call of the Night is fine. It's fine. I don't like it. I get it if you do. Pumpkin Night is fun, though. And it is very much the popcorn flick, slasher flick, don't think about it too hard kind of thing. And it's not trying to be anything else. It's not really trying to be all that clever, at least in what we read. I mean, the fucking ice cream scoops out someone's eyes within, like, the first... I mean, like, one fell swoop across the face in the first couple of chapters, or the first chapter or something, like, really early. Like, it sets the tone really early that this thing is going to be ridiculous, and it sticks to it. It keeps up its rapid-fire pace so well that it never, never feels like it's sweeping you off your feet. So from what I remember as well, isn't it, like, literally the opening page, like, someone has escaped from the mental hospital is, like, that... Yeah, she kills everyone in the mental hospital to escape. Yeah. But it's like that that's like the opening page or something, is it? Someone's watching the news and it's like breaking news, someone has killed everyone in a mental hospital and escaped and it's like, oh it shit. somehow doesn't cause a police warden in the entire local vicinity. They're just yes. like, ah, that's fine. Yeah. Like I said, don't think about it too hard and it's fine. Oh god though. No. <laughs> and it You you can't because yeah. Yeah, it never it never like How uh, did she invade the hospital room? <laughs> it never induces you to want to think too hard, is the thing. It punishes you for thinking too hard, I would argue. <laughs> well, like, it never says, like, oh, this is the clever thing that we're doing here. Look at how clever we are. You should really think about this. It's like, no, no, it's just, it's dumb. And that's what it's trying to be. And I have to respect that. <laughs> like, As a I fellow have dumb, I respect them. It takes one to know one. And <laughs> yeah, like... It's silly, it's real stupid, but it is fun, and I think it's fun enough that it overwrites any kind of problems that you'd ever have with the logic or the plot. So, yeah, I would definitely vote for Pumpkin Knight, but it doesn't really matter now, does it? It's out. It's a gone. Get wrecked. Yeah, I mean, that's the name of this tournament for Mike, Get Wrecked. I don't think I've won a single argument. <laughs> I know you've won one. The ones that we've all agreed on, <laughs> yes. No, 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 you... You got Food Wars out, so there you go. That's that's your one accomplishment. Yay! Okay, it. moving on then. Next quarterfinal, uh, the last standing webtoon, Girls of the Wild takes on Killing Me, Killing You. Told you it didn't matter whether you voted for that or Platinum End. I mean, sure. Again, I'd, I, I really genuinely, and I said this in the episode, I'm sure, I genuinely struggle to think of anything that Killing Me, Killing You did wrong. Like, even the chapters I didn't like as much in that, they're still clearly likable. It just didn't resonate with me. So that's very much, that negative point is very much diminished. Yeah, even at its weakest, which I think for me and you is the, both the Romeo and Juliet chapter, yeah. which I know Phil loved. But even though it's weakest, it's not like that's a bad chapter. It's just, to us, it felt like a weird inclusion in that. Yeah. So, with that said, it's, I don't think it's going to lose any bracket we put it in, realistically. Don't give it away, Mike. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, spoilers, I guess. Didn't do that last week when I said it was the number one seed. No. Yeah, it's... Yeah, like, I, I genuinely can't think, even being as fair as I can, I don't think that any way that the other one's going to win, like, this round at least. Girls of the Wilds arguably has a better support cast because it has a support cast. I mean, true, in certain respects. That's, that's the only real way I could put it above. Like, it has arguably a slightly better cast of characters purely because it has more of them. Girls of the Wild has more direction, 
because it has a direction. I that's mainly because Kitty Be Kitty use direction is we wanna die and you can't really there's no real incremental steps on we wanna die outside of uh, you could that. write something to that effect, but that would feel forced, I feel, if you went, yeah. Ah, now if I get this MacGuffin, I can die. It's like, okay. Well that's what every <laughs> chapter of that thing's like. It's just it doesn't ever work out. And it's it's more like MacGuffin. they go to explore an area where there's rumors of like this will kill you. It's not let's go find the MacGuffin that and now this takes away your immortality or shit. I don't know. Yeah, well it did uh, irrelevant. It's gonna say, what, what am I doing? Kenny McKinney wins. Yeah, um Gods of the Wild I can see potential going forward, but it has a lot of weaknesses. And <laughs> Killing Me, Killing You doesn't. Like, you have to work to see the weaknesses of Killing Me, Killing You, whereas I feel like they're plain as day in Girls of the Wild. So, yeah, not a difficult category. Phil! No, it's Killing Me. It, uh, not, not even close. Not even close. Yeah, it's like Girls of the Wild, fine. But yeah, Killing Me, Killing You was just that much better in dd do so last of the quarterfinals um maybe a little bit more of a discussion on this one at the very least Endergeister, the last exorcist takes on tomochan okay you're gonna have to actually think about this one a little more a little more a little more still think i know which way i'm gonna go though oh (laughs) (laughs) that does it no i was wondering if anyone we don't get to know just wondering if anyone wanted to like yes and me there, but all right. So yeah, like no, I want to know which way you vote so I can vote against you. <laughs> Endergeister is fun. It's got a lot of good action, good ideas, good design. Has some pretty glaring flaws of like the continuity is not the right word I'm looking for. Like them explaining shit, the mechanics of the world and stuff like that. It's like you don't really know how any of this works. And it's got some inconsistencies with it as well, because like they kind of play with the idea that this whole thing is happening in secret, but it's also definitely not happening in secret. But then if it's not happening in secret, how is the world essentially the same? Like society would definitely develop around to that shit rather than just ignoring it. Yeah, and Endergeister has potential. Endergeister could become a good series. It's got all the elements in place to potentially be a good series down the line. Whereas Tomachan is a good series right here, right now. And Tomachan is very, very good. I like the characters. The art's good too. I can definitely see where they're going with this, but it doesn't feel like it's in a rush to get there. Like, Tomachan is one of the few times I can legitimately say, why haven't they fucked already? So that's like got, that got like a lot of respect points in my book straight away. Because it yeah, felt I feel necessary. Like basically said that in the episode. I mean, if I did say that, my opinions have changed since. No, I think I feel that was the one he said. Like, there's an actual logical reason for why they they haven't. In this, I feel like this was the one, like the one where he was like, "Why are they not together yet?" And it's like because that that's the point of the story, Mike. I feel he may have said at one point, "Why have they not asked? Why why is she not asked him out?" And we went, "That's that's page one." I feel that bit happened. possibly, yeah. I don't remember the exact words I used because yeah, something it's been a while. something meat isn't an ingredient. Yeah, vegetables, not a gas. And it's uh, what you heard. Veg- vegetables, not a gas. All right. Yep. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll agree with you on that one, Mike. Nah, I ate a gas pickle the other day. Hot. Okay. So, at the very least, having thought back on it, even if my opinions were at the time of reading it, that like, oh my god, why aren't they together? I do understand now, in hindsight, 
and the characters do feel necessary like all of the characters feel necessary so yeah Tomo Challenge is very very good I'm voting for Ender guys though <laughs> wait really are you actually or is that a joke no no I'm actually voting for Ender guys though because it's just a lot more fun <laughs> oh like I'm personally more like intrigued by that and like I really wanted to see where they go with that whereas Tomo Chan like I get it so there you have it, given the choice between <laughs> what he calls a good rom-com and what he calls an average action series, he still picks the action one. Wow. Hey, we are what we eat, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> well, I've got bad news for you, Mike, get fucked, I vote for Tomo-chan, because, <laughs> as I said, Tomo-chan is good, Endergeister might become good, but is between these first two volumes. I think it's made some mistakes, absolutely, but I still think it's good, Endergeister this is. I still think it is actually good, and I was entertained when reading it, and I am willing to give it the eponymous benefit of the doubt going forwards, and that it will continue and build on what it's got. And that's not to say I don't give Tomo-chan the benefit of the doubt. I just definitely prefer that kind of story. I, we, we've gathered that. So. Yeah, I know. The shock horror. So Phil goes oh, to oh no. you. Oh no. Do you want fun or fun, but with boobs? Uh, I mean, Endergeister has nudity, so... Yeah, which one was I talking about? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think I actually needed to make a decision here. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I I am actually surprised, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I knew Sean was going to go Tomachan. The way you were talking, I thought you were as well, Mike. I want to be clear that... classic misdirect. (laughs) I want to be clear that... That wasn't a misdirect, that was a... On 180, right at the end. <laughs> Wasn't it misdirected? It was a lie. <laughs> okay, I want. I just want to be clear. Tomo Chan, good. I'm not disagreeing oh, with that. I'm, I'm not saying you are. But it's just yeah. Like I, I want to be clear. It is a Tomo Chan, good. Endergeister, average. I vote Endergeister. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be clear that it is a rom com on this show that I have liked, even if it is just in hindsight. But I'm just way more likely to read Endergeister than I am to read Tomo Chan. I mean, just... you did read more of Endergeister. Exactly, a little bit. <laughs> I was intrigued. Uh, and now we're intrigued to know which way will Phil fall. Like both of them. Yeah. Yeah, this is the difficult part of the tournament now. We haven't had that many, well, no, like, come say, down well, to the wire, have we? Expecting, I was fully expecting the way Mike was talking, he was going to go Tomo Chan. I was like, oh, I probably don't have to think too hard then. <laughs> Like, oh god, I need to think hard. Uh, <laughs> and now it's like, oh shit, I actually I actually have power. Brain chugging like a starting a car on a cold day. I like Endergeister, as Mike said. It's good fun. It's your action flick. I think I generally prefer the art in Endergeister Tomo-chan, which again, goes back to this argument where Tomo-chan, I think, was like a daily series when it was coming out or like five times a week so it was Monday would, Friday. would make sense with the forecomer format. Whereas Endergeister is not that. So again, I think it's a little unfair to compare the art oh my, directly as such. The amount of times you're like, the release yeah. schedule this is the very important part to this debate. It's like, no, it's not. And no, I'm not saying it's an important part. I'm saying it does make a difference when you're talking about art specific. Ugh. I think I'm gonna go with Tomo Chan just because I think Endergeister, while fun, while enjoyable, it does have its issues with its 
world building, whereas Tomichan it doesn't have the same narrative problems. It it knows what it is. It tells you everything it needs to, and it just gets on with its story. So there you go. So another L for Mike. Womp womp. Womp womp womp. Well, that moves us on then to the semi-finals. Down to the top four. Are we ready to crown the winners? Let's find out. So, semi-final number one. Uh, easy for Mike. Less so for the two other two. Oshinoko, still in this. Versus <laughs> Call of the Night. It's not an easy choice, though, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Are you on the I was going to say, like, Mike hates both of these. <laughs> yeah, but he's waiting for one to spite Oshi. So I'm assuming he'll just do the same again. But that's the thing. I don't think that Oshinoko is, like, terrible to the point of not saving it. Do you? Don't you? I'm sorry, what? I kind of dislike these the same amount. <laughs> that's the problem. Like, I don't like either of them. God, no, don't. Both don't very <laughs> worthy semi-finalists. And both worthy of my ire. Like, I don't... I don't like either. This is not an easy choice for me. Fuck. It's not an easy choice for me either, because I love both of these, and I've also bought both, so... Oh, oh no, man. Like, convince me one way or the other, I guess. Oh, no. <laughs> no that, that's not how this works, Mike. It's not my um... job. Like, I'm, happy, I'm happy no matter which one goes through. I'm happy whichever no one which dies. One out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm unhappy whichever one goes through. What I'm hearing is that while two people are having a turkey time, let's cut to Phil. Oh yeah, this one's pretty easy for me. Okay, can you like talk about it for another 20 minutes just so I can think uh, of things? I don't know if I can go that far. But... <laughs> Explain to me, Phil, why you're voting Call of the Night. For me, it was just a more enjoyable story. It feels more original, which, not to say Oshinoko isn't original, it's just I feel like that's a story that's been told before. I mean, Call of the Night, you have this whole concept of he's got to fall in love with her so he can become a vampire. I personally am not aware of anything else that has that sort of requirement to become a vampire, shall we say. Whereas Oshinoko is just like, it's a revenge story where they happen to be in the entertainment industry. I don't think that's super original. They've just added on the reincarnation aspect, which... I think only adds so much to it. I do think the art in Oshinoko is better, but I much prefer the characters in Call of the Night. I think Call of the Night is just a lot more silly fun because it's more of a, it's got more of a comedic side, whereas Oshinoko is very silly, uh, serious. Get my words right. And yeah, just generally, I enjoyed reading Call of the Night more than Oshinoko. Okay. Well, that didn't help me in the slightest. I don't think it would. Good. Suffer. For me, again, another tricky one, because I've bought into both of these series, as mentioned, I already own like a 10 volumes of Call of the Night. I will be buying more Oshinoko as it comes out. I believe volume two is out around the time this episode goes live or has already come out now. So we'll be picking that up and then obviously getting to read what happened after what we talked about on the podcast in the near-ish future. So I think, again, much like it was for Oshinoko versus Blue Lock, I have to consider which one are like going forward into the perpetuity as it were because i could debate like art characters narrative and all that but it's really tricky between the two and i think ultimately it'll be i feel the characters in call of the night have a better chemistry that can again carry it through like it's 
lesser moments like can carry it through when it's not in a narratively intense scene as it were whereas Oshinoko and it's nothing against though because I love those characters and I love the stories they're in but I feel there's more chemistry between the current players in Call of the Night as opposed to Oshinoko where maybe it'll introduce more characters to have more chemistry but at the moment Aqua and Ruby's story seem quite I'm not going to say separate like they influence the other but they seem like they're going very much in two different directions which is deliberate and that's absolutely fine but I feel with Call of the Night it means you have a more cohesive chemistry with its characters than you do in Oshi. Uh, this is this is rambling. I feel they're both a mas- masterful series. I look forward to reading more of them in the future but I feel Call of the Night just just edges Oshi no Ko for me personally. There you go Mike. Your vote doesn't matter. <laughs> but it does because we want to know. I mean, we do want to know, but the point is, the pressure's off. It doesn't matter what you vote for. Finally, you can come clean about your feelings about Oshinoko. I am actually, actually love it, and I'm sad to see it go. This has all been a con to, like, push Oshinoko through to the end. And now it's backfired. <laughs> like, oh, no. I was gifted with what I always wanted, and now I have regrets. My hubris. <laughs> no, okay. In all seriousness, I, I've, I was being serious when I didn't like either of them. But, you know, due to the format of what we're doing i would have to choose one and i guess of the two of them i would have to go with call of the night as well purely because call of the night had some fun slash funny ish moments had some comedic moments which i think work quite well in those individual moments whereas oshinoko was just just boring like it had like had like one scene, one chapter where something happened, and yeah, otherwise just kind of dull all the way through. And the weird motivation of I'm gonna kill my dad at the end just completely threw me off. Anything that was brewing good in my mind about it is just I think the whole thing was pointless. So yeah, I'd go for Call of the Night. It does have some good points, whereas I find Oshinoko has sparingly few, and I'm not sad to see it go. There you are. Call of the Night goes through, but we can all agree, Yoshinoko, absolute masterpiece. So, moving on to the yes. other semi-final before any oh, rebuttal happens. So... I refuse. Sure. So, moving on to the other semi-final. It's Killing Me, Killing You, up against Tomo-chan is a girl. Obviously, this won't be hard for Mike, but... No, this... I may as well just say it out straight up. Killing Me, Killing You. Like, I, I will be shocked if that doesn't win. I'll be absolutely shocked. Because it's just, I mean, I, I'm, I was going to use the word flawless, and I don't think anything's flawless, but man, it's the closest we've ever gotten to it on this show. Like, I think it is, one of, I think it is one of the best things, if not the best thing we have read on this show. Oh, like, it was really good. Put a pin in that thought for later. Yeah, like, I don't know, like, I don't really remember what the competition is, but I don't remember ever feeling this strongly about like something being like just that good. So, yeah, like, obviously I'm going to be voting for Killing Me, Killing You, and I suggest you guys do the same, just so I can actually win an argument <laughs> at some point. Because, yeah, it's just better. Like, it has very, very few flaws. Well, Phil, I feel this is a little trickier for me and you, at least. <laughs> than Mike, comparatively. <laughs> sure. Uh, I mean, comparatively, sure. I don't think it's that true. I mean, for me, it it's killing me, killing you. We've said it before, half the reason I read as much Isekai as I do is I'm a big fan of the fantasy genre. This is definitely the fantasy genre. It 
that has lots of weird and fantastical things going on. The idea that you've got two immortal people on a quest to kill themselves is quite novel. Very novel. Uh, we've definitely said it before. It sounds very morbid and depressing, but it's incredibly lighthearted and funny instead. They just kind of nail it, yeah. Yeah, it's just the characters, our two main characters, Myth and Youth, they're, they're great. Like I even remember the name without looking them up. That's how much of an I impression mean, do you they are. the name of the main character of Tomo-chan? No, 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 how could I possibly know the name of Tomo from Tomo-chan? Ah, oh, shit. Yep. I mean, you say yeah, that. I, I do, I do I, also remember their names, yes, but also to be fair, I have watched the anime of it not that long ago. Fair. I mean, fair, I couldn't name the main cat the male of that one. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to uh, say. I John. couldn't do that. Because I can do Tomo, Gundo, my brain Carol. is saying. Oh, it's Karen. My brain was going like a media or Laura, but Karen, yeah. Carol. Carol, sorry. Wow, I can't even get it right when I'm told it. The main male character I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, John, John Ichiro, John, I believe. Yes, but. Uh, no, that's that's that. It makes sense. Trickier choice for me because I do love both of them. I feel I will also ultimately side with Killing Me, Killing You because it's a case of Tomo-chan is a really good rom-com. I say it's good fun. I like all the characters. I like the comedy of it, especially. I feel it's and it doesn't. I don't get tired of it. I can like read more of it. But Killing Me, Killing You is kind of. I'm not gonna say original, having not read every manga ever, but it's mm-hmm. definitely. Compared to a lot of, especially on a show where, because of Phil's proclivities, we are usually subjected to an endless barrage of isekai to get a fantasy that not only isn't an isekai, but also has actual creativity and storytelling in itself that you just don't see when you're reviewing fucking Knights and Magic or Loner Life or My Smartphone oh, in the world. Or... We should do Knights and Magic. Please don't. <laughs> I've actually, oh, it'll actually, happen at some point I've watched the anime of that and I will go off on one to say the least that, that's half the fun though it, it's, that show was not fun <laughs> but uh, yeah Killing Me Killing You is fun though it's very creative it's very interesting and maybe in the like future of like after 10 volumes of it it would start to get a bit tiring if there'd been no progress made but I doubt that I Killing Me Killing You is really, really cool. So nothing against Tomo Chan. I think it is a good example of rom-com. It's probably the best rom-com we've done this year. Probably. I think by virtue of it's gotten this far, it must be. Well, no, because the other finalists in the embryos are rom-com. Uh, yeah, true. So, <laughs> but this isn't Call of the Night versus Tomo Chan, so I don't have to make that choice. But uh, yeah, it, it's really good. I do really like it, but Killing Me Killing You, I feel, is very original and has that kind of extra spark that helps make it that takes it from like good to great or phenomenal so yeah killing me killing you uh i'm very disappointed i cannot buy killing me killing you whereas with tomo chan i'm trying to buy it and when i can't i'm more like grr damn it one day rather than feeling actively annoyed that i can't so killing me killing you into the final where as mentioned it now faces cool of the night so here we go finals time I should we go to Mike first? I reckon. I feel that there's an interesting discussion to be had there. No, <laughs> I I've made no bones about it. You know exactly which direction I'm going. I see advantages. Congratulations, call of a night, the winner of. <laughs> I see some good points about call of the night. I don't necessarily agree with them, but I do see some decent points. Killing me, killing you is just fantastic. 
I don't see really any flaws in it. It's really good. Much like you, I would absolutely buy it if I could. No, you wouldn't. I, I would. I, I, okay, I would have every intention of buying there it if I go. could. That's better. <laughs> it's just really, really good, really fun. They pretty much nail it end to end, at least from what we read for the show. And for what you read outside the show. I mean, uh, yes, but we're not discussing that. The point is more you did it. I did it, yes. The mark of I mean, yeah, but it's, it's not like it was a very difficult. There's not that many chapters of it out. The point is, you did. I mean, there's only one more volume of Princess Shoes. You didn't read volume three of that. Yeah, because I didn't want to read the first two. <laughs> you don't <laughs> want to read the first two volumes of most things we read on this show, Mike. But he did with yes. Killing Me, Killing You, which is the point. I mean, he did with all of them. I meant he wanted to. Oh, right. Yeah, so Killing Me, Killing You is my incredibly obvious winner of this year's Brashtacular, as we call it. And I will, while I understand if you two do go the other way, I will never forgive you for it. So, <laughs> so like, take that information with you on the way. Uh, oh, well. Give me a benefit for voting the other way. <laughs> like, I don't know what how that makes you feel, but, uh, well. Here we are, That's information. Number one C, Killing Me, Killing You versus The Underdog, Call of the Night. Fantasy versus Romcom. You, you, you're actually throwing it to me. No, oh. I know. I mean, I, I can make a guess which way you'll vote, so I'll go next. Again, both are not, like, as they've been most of the ones at this point, phenomenal. As mentioned, I own 10 volumes of Call of the Night. As mentioned, would buy Killing Me, Killing You if one could, and I'm sad that I can't, or I can't watch an anime. PVs don't count. Yeah, and that ultimately, I think, is the difference for me. Like, Call of the Night is a really, really good rom-com done by an experienced author who knows exactly what they're doing. Great chemistry of the characters. Great um, setting, idea. I'm not going to say entirely original. Uh, it does have a bunch of rom-com trappings that it falls back on, but it is potentially the best rom-com we did this year, as I say. And luckily, I don't have to compare that to Tom Chan, so I'll never have to make that mental choice. Mm. But um, Killing Me, Killing You again, it has that special spark that makes it above just... Like, Call of the Night is a great rom-com, but Killing Me, Killing You feels like a great manga, full stop. I'm more interested in, like, its narrative and where that will go. I'm more interested in the potential storytelling of the world. It's crazy what you do when you make it a fantasy that isn't an isekai. Yeah, I just... I think it's better artistically. I feel it by... It's self-contained kind of stories in each chapter, both allow it to like tell some usually interesting narratives and have some like nice twists in there, but also tell like a more continuous thing at the same time in a better format than Call of the Night does, I guess. They're both amazing, but Killing Me Killing You has that extra special spark, that extra special something, but it's cast, it's premise, it's setting that means that I believe in it more in the future and really want to see where that journey goes. And hopefully I will get to one day in an English physical release touch word fingers crossed so i vote killing me killing you which means the winner has been decided but before we announce it it's over to phil who loves them both uh, i mean yeah i i do love them both but again i don't think this is a tough one for me said it before i am all about that fantasy genre and killing me killing you is just all around good fun despite being on a seemingly never-ending quest to just fucking die already. And Call of the Night, while also fun and interesting, good characters, it doesn't necessarily feel like it's anything super new. Definitely does have bits of it, as I said, like this 
the concept of having to fall in love to become a vampire. But ultimately, I just feel like killing me, killing you is just all around better. There we have it. Then we have a winner. And in a shocking gasp of surprise events, it is killing me, killing you. The top seed wins the tournament. I'd never say we're predictable on this show, but... Well, when you read a whole lot of shit and then one good thing, <laughs> it's not all no. that surprising, really, is it? No, I don't like some of these series, but to say most of them were shit is unfair. I feel like this year, out of all the three years we've done, has had more good stuff than any other year. Oh, absolutely. Partially helped because I picked half of them this year. <laughs> And I have a more of a proclivity for going, we're going to cover this big name series like I did with Blue Lock, like I did with Oshinoko. And not helped by the fact that I picked some of them this year as well. <laughs> well, no, yeah, the point is more like you picked about what you normally would. Uh... Whereas I picked series and when I picked, outside of things like Platinum End, I picked series that are themed for certain events like the World Cup. But uh, yeah, you, you picked Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer, which was shit. I did. And Kaniku Man. <laughs> and, you tried Man to vote, which... and you tried to vote that over Oshinoko. Yeah. Yeah. I don't which regret my decision. Invalidates every opinion <laughs> you ever have. I don't think it does. I feel you are very, you are on this island. I, I cannot underline how completely, like, with Phil at least, I can get, he's like, it's okay. And he might read it because it's on Manga Plus, but I can get that he maybe not massively into it you on the other hand on this soapbox would be like it's shit while everyone else around you it's like fuck's he on about crazy oh it makes no sense the guy wants to kill his dad even though he believes that's the person who set up his mother to die that's why would he want that revenge insane very i'm glad you finally recognize that (laughs) well i mean in that case then i think there was a brief discussion on like is killing me killing you the best of all the years so in that Mm -hmm. case I pitched this question to you because we've had, we have three winners now. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We have from year one, solo leveling, from year two, look back, and now from year three, killing me, killing you. And technically, there is also a fourth series on that tier, which obviously we haven't discussed in these past two episodes, and I'll bring up now, which is Bleach, which we deliberately ruled out of this tournament because arguably it would have won. So I guess the question there is then. And if you don't have an answer, it's fine. But if you had to pick between those four for like a best of the best, solo leveling, look back, killing me, killing you, or bleach, where do you feel you would go? Ooh. There you go. There's your tough choice you wanted. It is a little tough. I will say not bleach. Damn. Get fucked, Kubo. (laughs) I think it's very easy to say not bleach because we never did figure out how many Quincy there were. Oh I mean, there's one for me that's easy to rule out. Like, I immediately roll out solo leveling because I didn't rank solo leveling yeah. that well compared yeah, to Yeah, that's fair. To me, it comes down to killing me, killing you, I genuinely think is up there. Solo leveling, I do really, really enjoy. But even I recognize it is slightly one note. Very slightly. So while I do love it, I also don't put it up there with, like, the best of the best. So to me, it comes down to killing me, killing you versus a look back. And I think it is killing me, killing you, actually. Because look back is great. I mean, all four of the things you said are great, except for Bleach. And (laughs) (laughs) are you saying that because you feel it, or are you saying that to wipe me up? Yes. (laughs) Good. Okay, so to clarify. No, it's fine. No, move on. Okay. 
Well, we read all of Bleach, so it has a lot of the same... Like, it has, like, the advantage of we read a lot more, but it also has the disadvantage of we read a lot more. I mean, you've also <laughs> read at least season one of Solo Leveling, and mm-hmm. you've read all of Killing Me, Killing You that you can. That is true, actually. And I've technically read all like of Girl a, on the Shore. Yeah, it's uh, a one-shot. So Girl on the Shore! Like wow, that's your vote, is it? In I the don't final. know why I said that. I really did mean Look Back. <laughs> look Back is really, really good. Like, I even buyed that for the for that year's tournament. Yeah. Uh... But you said you already chose Killing Me, Killing You. Yeah, so. yeah, like, I'm, I'm sticking with it. I'm going <laughs> to say Killing Me, Killing You because I just think it full-on nails it. I really can't think of anything wrong with it. I've said that a few times, but it, it bears repeating. Whereas there's not a whole lot wrong with a look back either, but you could argue that the end point of it, where you do the whole switching universes thing, you could argue that you guys argued that was a little bit confusing, and while I never found it that confusing, I, I see what you're saying. I can see some faults. So this really comes down to, like, the judge's decision, like the, the points on the card situation. Whereas Killing Me, Killing You got the full 10, whereas a Look Back got, like, a 9.7 or something. Like, it's, like it's fucking yeah. close. But, yeah. yeah, Killing Me, Killing You, I think. I mean, I would, I would hope it is at this level of, like, the best of the best. And, yeah, yeah for me, so as I said, solo leveling comes out for me. I don't think I even rated it that highly in year one. Like, I was trying to get kicked out of the tournament. I basically <laughs> got overruled multiple times, like, my top year one series is still Apothecary Diaries. That was your Oshinoko of the season. <laughs> I, no, because I didn't hate solo leveling. I just thought it became. <laughs> I just thought it had a great idea and premise and became a generic isekai. Either way, I digress. Solo leveling's out for me. So then it comes down to look back, killing me, killing you, or Bleach. You might think it's got to be Bleach, Sean. You're a tight Kubo slut. And that's true. Mm. I am a massive fan of his. I will buy and continue to buy whatever works get released over here so i do love bleach even throughout its lows and highs despite its low periods you know like thousand year war mm-hmm. like half the manga <sighs> no third thank you get it right i'm uh, sorry you're saying waco mundo was great then got it i'm saying some of it was yeah. ignore sazi alapollo and that's yep, an immediate I was point thinking in that, yeah. <laughs> ignore the fight that never ends yeah exactly yeah um so i do i do i will always adore bleach and bleach will always have a special place in my heart because it wasn't my first manga but it was definitely the one that really helped me properly fall in love with the medium killing me king you is really 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 good hence why it won this year it's an interesting take on fantasy with the whole immortality and trying to die thing but also manages to tell a like a tonally light and engaging story with that and has cool characters but uh, I recently reread Look Back, and even on its fourth or fifth reading for me, it still leaves me an absolute emotional wreck. And it is just a masterpiece of storytelling, of character expression, of nuance. Like, it, it gets me in the Kokoro to be a weeb. So, yeah, for me, surprisingly, because this probably wasn't what I thought I would have said at the start of the episode, but uh, or recently when I was considering this for the first time. But yeah, I think Look Back for me is the one that affects me the most deep down inside so they're all good bar solo leveling but uh look back for me is the tippy top it is the uh the s plus to like the s of bleach and killing me killing you phil do you want to have a take on this or sure why not i mean for me i think i can pretty easily discard in the most affectionate way Look back and bleach. Look back was fine. It wasn't really my thing. Like generally, it was good, but it's not something I'm particularly bothered by. 
Bleach, like Bleach is Bleach, fine, good, but um, it has a lot of issues. When you've got to discount a third of a series, plus you like, I don't hate Fantasy Years War. I, just I know you don't. But... <laughs> Thing is, I would almost say I kind of do. Yeah, I kind of hate it as well. Like hate might be a bit strong, but it's very much like it has a lot of problems. That last arc. They put it this way. Do you want an inside take into why I say don't um, credit the Mal, fact that Oshiroko is number one, all that much? Is it because Thousand Year War is like... That's number three. Right, yeah. The first season of that that aired recently. Uh, I mean, admittedly, I've not seen it. I've not seen all of it, but in the nicest way. And I know they obviously changed some of it because they introduced characters that aren't in the manga. Yeah. Like the original Gote 13. But yeah, no, third best of all time. What? No. It, and when you look at the list, it becomes clear that a lot of recency bias is in there, like Attack on Titan. The recency yeah, that, that are in there. that's usually the case. It's usually what is the hot thing of the season. I think, well, unlike the the manga list, which is a lot more like of what you would expect, like Full Metal Alchemist, One Piece, Monster, <sighs> Grand Blue. The that's a lot more like an actual entrenched list of like this isn't flavor of the month. These are the all timers. Whereas, yeah, the the anime list is very much cycling constantly. Anyway, sorry, Phil. Yeah, back to you. So leveling versus kidding me, kidding you. Yeah. say so it's a bit of a hard one, because obviously I like both of them. They're both fantasy. They are both fantasy. I have read all of solo leveling. I've read everything I can of killing me, killing you, but that's a difference of, I'm going to say about 200 chapters. Yeah, if you equate an episode as a chapter, then yeah. Yeah, I would say thereabouts, maybe two episodes a chapter, but but you know, that sort of ballpark. So it's it's a little difficult because I think they're both visually impressive. I enjoy both their stories. I question the longevity a bit of killing me, killing you. I mean, I could see it being like, okay, there's ten more chapters, that's it, and I'd be like, you know what, yeah, that makes some sense. They could also go a hundred more chapters and be like, that also makes sense, but then I'd be like, well, what are they necessarily doing to keep it going? I mean, maybe it is just lots of episodic stuff, which is not, nothing wrong with that, but yeah. Whereas solo leveling, I think it definitely does have its issues, as much as I love it. He throws a half-broken sword at a monster, Phil, and that kills it. I'll take your word for it. I don't really remember. Yeah, it worked in Claymore. <laughs> oh, that was a series. <laughs> And then Michael give that one the benefit of the doubt. Yep. Uh, but um, I mean, the thing with solo leveling is there are a lot of. I'm just going to call them solo leveling clones. Sure. I I, I agree with you. I've seen them. Yeah, saw that like, online. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, definitely similar. I'm not going to dispute that fact. Like, there's a lot of similar series that aren't just near direct ripoffs. But there are a lot that are very clearly, you could just, it, it's kind of like, and, and Mike might rip into me for this one, it's kind of like Dark Souls and Elden Ring, where you just scribble out one word and write another one. You're not wrong. It's like, oh no, it's not Souls, it's, I don't even remember what it is in Elden Ring. Runes. Yeah, it, it feels like that in a way for some of these coins. It's like, oh no, it's not this thing it's this other thing they're not uh, pocket monsters they're digital monsters it's very different 
that'll get off. me hate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, kind kind of, but I would argue there are differences there. Yeah, Digimon can evolve multiple times. Pokemon <laughs> can only do twice. I, I was going to go more for the typically Digimon's temporary, whereas Pokemon's not. But nah, you're right. Pokemon is forever. <laughs> the number one IP. So it's, uh, it is a bit of a tough one for me. I think ultimately, I think I would go to solo leveling, just because, as I say, I've read it all. Overall, I think it's a good series, and I think Killing Me, Killing You could be up there, but without really knowing what the future holds for the series, it's hard to say. Does it stay that, or does it get tiresome, or does it just run out of ideas or something? So, yeah, solo leveling takes my vote. That's fair, and I think very interesting that we each pick one a different champion and get fucked Bleach. But we each pick a, <laughs> a different champion. <laughs> okay, Bleach didn't technically win at all, but obviously I just put it in there because we deliberately ruled it out because it might well do. I think we did mention it in the first part. We did deliberately rule out Bleach because we read all of it, so it was an unfair contender. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was more we ruled it out because it would have... Outside of yeah. maybe killing me, killing you, one. But again, again, it's that's also it would be unfair. Because, I think was the ultimate. Yeah, it, it was also because partially because we read all of it, so it's like. I mean, no, I didn't care about that. But I, I know was, you didn't. I think, as I said, you two were very, very much like, no, we're not in bleaching a tournament, and I do sometimes respect your wishes. So. <laughs> so, but yeah, as I say, interesting that we each picked a different champion, showing that they are all in their own ways the absolute best. But now. That means, last little thing of the show then, we have to crown the absolute worst of year three. Ooh, my favourite. Yep. What, what was down there for you? Remonster, gal cleaning. Technically, this also means that Kokono Kokoro is now eligible. If you want to put <laughs> that as the worst thing. <laughs> like, yeah, they're all bad for, like, obvious choices. But I'm going to go, I'm going to, like, throw a, a hat in the ring here. I'm going to say Kaniku Man down there. <laughs> like, just for... Just for, like, sheer awful factor. I mean, Kaniku Man's dog shit, but it wasn't offensive. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Not offensive, um... though. Outside of the last chapter we yeah. read. <laughs> I, sure, yeah, yeah. But also, and this is, to be clear, because I know this could get quite out of context, this is not me giving it benefit of the doubt or anything like that. It's shit. But also, it was the 70s. I get why that was the depiction they went with in that last chapter. Yes. Yes. Dragon Ball and Pokemon have similar issues with some of their characters. I don't recall Pokemon ever having that kind of issue. Jinx. Oh, yeah. And I mean, actually, one of my favourite series had a somewhat similar issue. Blue Popo. <laughs> Blue Popo. Say, Shaman King had a similar issue with one of its characters, which they fixed in the most recent anime. Yeah, they're ready then. Well, that's another thing we'll do one day. Anyway. But yeah, can you man? my main point for it is just that it was just shit (laughs) yeah like laughably bad i think that's the thing like it was god awful but i never know if that's quite enough to put you in worst the worst contention like we've read we've read a bunch of god awful series but ultimately when you then stack them up to like minamoto or redo it becomes yeah no yeah like it it doesn't it doesn't quite reach that level i'll admit i just wanted to uh honorable mention let's say (laughs) I, I think it's if you ignore the obvious choice, <laughs> is what you're saying. 
I you say that. I mean, I know it, like I said at the time, to. and I still do feel in some ways that Dice is one of the worst we've read just because of its whole misogynistic and incel vibes woven into its very DNA. Separate to the fact it just fails to cash in on its ideas. No, I I don't disagree with you, but the ideas are definitely there, and there is potential in the future for it. And yeah, obviously the misogynistic crap is not really forgivable, which is why it rightly went out in the first round. But uh, yeah, I think it's largely okay, like distinctly okay as far as a a story goes. So I think it's fine. I mean, the Remonster is obvious is another obvious one for being the worst. I mean, realistically, it's Remonster versus Galplaning. If you want to, like, one we we still, to this day, shit on. Lone a life in a, another world, or whatever it was called. <laughs> uh, but I, I feel that's, again, that's more yeah. like a Kiku Man style of, like, it's crap rather than... Like, to this day, we reference the fact that it just immediately bails but out of its own It's, it's bad block. because it just does Yeah, it's bad because it doesn't fall through on its premise. If it wasn't called Lone Life in Another World, I don't think we'd hate it quite as much. Yeah, if it was just called Some Dude in Another World. It was called Me and My Class Get Isekai'd. It's just Isekai number 3176. Yeah. Because <laughs> then it would just be being honest about what it is. <laughs> it would be self aware at least. <laughs> like, because that's what it comes down to. It. Is being lied to on that scale enough to make it the worst? Obviously I, not. You, you but... <laughs> say on that scale, it's not even really that big a scale, in my opinion. Well, okay. I mean, if you're saying being lied word. to, Mike, there isn't bloody princess shoes or whatever where you're like, this manga's lying to me. I mean, feel like, yeah, okay, buddy. <laughs> oh, princess shoes is like bad, but it's not like. I, I don't think it elicits enough of an emotion to rise oh, no, to the I don't level think princess shoes. I think, yeah, it's, it's crap, but it's not. Yeah. See, I'm surprised you're saying that, but you're saying Lona Life does. Well, that's because even to like... this day, we reference that in just in casual conversation. I mean, hey, we, for all you know, we'll continue... Like, Princess Shoes, we only did, like, two episodes ago. For all you know, we'll continue to reference that for years to come. I don't, I don't <laughs> think that'll happen say, at all. You wait five seconds for the door to shut, and then you just rip off your clothes, because clearly it's safe to whip it out. If I ever see your feet in public, I'll be like, oh man, here we go. <laughs> I feel like that's not even relevant that's a, to Yeah, that's a separate issue. That, that's just that's just you, Sean. <laughs> I look, I saw a panel of semen on feet and I was like, finally, <laughs> a manga that gets me. <laughs> well if then. only they did the anal tyranny manga. No. I mean that's a point. We we didn't discuss where the uh the the, the visual novel would have landed. Yeah, like we didn't discuss where that would land. Where would that land? <sighs> it's crap, but it's not offensive. I was going to say, it's... Kokonoe Kokoro, it just... It has, like a lot of the series we've done, like Lola Life in many ways, it has an idea that it sells in its premise and I, does I, fuck all with it. I don't even know if it had an idea. <laughs> the idea was, what if you fucked a grasshopper and we never got the payoff for that? You see, I cannot, by all rights, say that it's anywhere near the bottom. Just because of the sheer enjoyment I got from Phil's no, you, reactions. You got, yeah, I was going to say, that's like saying <laughs> Sword Art Online is terrible. Like, no, you enjoy it because of watching Phil suffer. <laughs> you enjoy it because all I have to do is say, Phil, remember that CG where you were kissing the, the grasshopper? And he'll be like, ugh. And there you and go. that will be yeah. a lifetime of entertainment for me. <laughs> so I cannot, by all rights, say it was the worst because at least it had that. I do <laughs> think I know what the worst is, though, in my so opinion. Like Kokoro was just, I don't want to say awful. I mean, you can say awful because I discovered afterwards it's in the top 20 worst on VMDB. 
that would make sense. I believe that. Thing is, it is terrible in the sense that it's just Bland is being too generous to it. (laughs) It's terrible that it doesn't do anything with its ideas, and yeah, it's also terrible because it's just Just, really boring. It's just again, I don't even feel that's strong enough to say how boring it is. It's just you read it and you just go, "Why did I read this?" It it. You close the well, you don't even close it. You get to the end of the story and you're like, "But who gives a fuck?" I mean, I guess for for me, the thing would be like, I had tofu recently for the first time, and my take on it was ah this is chicken but blander and that's um, that's what coconut cocoa is to honestly me. tofu has is better because to- <laughs> tofu at least like absorbs the flavors of the things you cook it with i uh, sure yeah I, I just cooked it as straight tofu so yeah <laughs> it's also got as an alternative to meat oh no that's the i get it i mean i, I was trying it out like tofu has advantages i'm not saying it doesn't i'm just saying when you cook it just there's a lump of tofu it's like ah it's this but blander and that's what Kokonoi Kokoro is. It's vanilla, but so much blander. Don't be talking shit about vanilla. No, that's why I'm <laughs> saying it's way blander than that. Don't be saying vanilla's bland either. Vanilla's great. Aye, okay. The greyish cube of, of visual novels. Grey sludge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is the gruel of, of the scene. Uh, at least gruel has like a describable consistency. No, no. I'm not giving gruel <laughs> credit. Christ. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I, I think I do know what my so, worst of the year is. So, monster versus gal cleaning, pretty much. Uh, yeah. It's pretty much between those two. And for me, it's it's definitely gal cleaning. I was waiting for you to go, and for me, it's, it's Oshinoko. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, when Mike was like, I'll oh, throw a twist into it, I was like, it's going to be Oshinoko, isn't it? <laughs> I, I Okay, you're not that devoid of reality at least. <laughs> I'm also I don't have the energy for that uphill battle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um it, it's for me gal cleaning, absolutely the worst. And this might even be for like not necessarily for the story, which is abysmal, the borrant, but it's the fact that it's one nice thing and because the guy got his feelies hurt, he did that in volume two. And it's more. I think but it what? might be more. This is for gal cleaning. Like he, he, because the 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 author. Author. Oh, the author. I thought you meant the yeah, protagonist. Yeah. Sorry, right. No, no, no. Yeah, because the author got his feelings hurt in real life, and or he got cancelled or something. He did the ultimate bitch move of burning that bridge to the ground with holy shit sexual violence out of nowhere for no reason. He used it as. In a surprisingly redo of Healer twist, he used it as like a revenge boner to his viewers, to his publisher, whoever. It, the whole thing is just disgusting. It's in my mind is a classic example of something that shouldn't exist because nothing is gained by this. And the guy who wrote it should get some help and should not be allowed anywhere near a, I don't know, word processing program. I was going to say a pen, but yeah, you get what I mean. Like you shouldn't be allowed to write anymore. Um... I'd be surprised if any label, magazine, publisher, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, I mean, you go by a different pen name, and then you yeah, yeah. like because your best to hide it. And the thing that really yeah. like the thing that really sort of nails the decision in for me is Remonster is bad. Like it's boring. It's a combat log, and it's got rapey shit in there as well. But it's a fantasy. It's a fantasy story. Whoa, no. I'm not having that. Oh, it's fantasy, so it's allowed. No, I'm not saying that. I'm That's saying what you're bordering on. Bordering, sure. And this is like the biggest benefit of the doubt I can give it. It's it, at the very least. Redo of Healer's a fantasy. 
Yes. Yeah, and from what I remember, that's why you guys voted Minamoto being worse than Redo. Nah, I voted Minamoto worse than being Redo, and will vote Minamoto worse than the inevitable winner of this year because it's training you to be a rapist. We'll get to that. But, like, <laughs> at the very least, and I do mean the least, this is the only thing I can give it, it's set in a fantasy world where there is fantasy rules for fantasy bullshit things that are going on. That being said, the guy was human, so he has no fucking excuse, of course. But at the very bare minimum, you can physically imagine a world where it makes some form of sense. I'm not saying it does, I'm saying you can imagine this. And Galclean doesn't even have that. Galcleaning, obviously you can imagine a world where that would happen, sadly. But there's no reason for it to be written this way. It's never given that reason. It's just, this thing happened, lol. And it's so, like, flippant with it as well. It's gross. And, yeah, I, I, I think it is very much the worst thing we read this year. It was awful. And see, for me, it's the other way around. I feel because in Gal Cleaning, you could literally skip that rape arc and the manga would just carry on and... It has no relevance. It's not baked into the DNA of the series. It was just a horrific decision by an author for whatever reason, because they got cancelled, because they got bullied and all that. It was a horrific way to lash out at that. But that's what it was. It was a, a lash out, a bit. You could cut that out of that manga and not realise it happened. It's not baked into the DNA of that. Whereas Remonster, it is. And it's worse for me as well, because at the start, it kind of makes it out that, yes, rape is part of this goblin culture. But also, our protagonist is better than that. He gives the people who are being raped a way out, either by running away or, as they choose, suicide, basically. And it tries to, at least throughout its first little bit, kind of portray like, no, no, he's going to be better than that. He's going to change the goblin society for the better, in inverted commas. But then uh, in the second volume, just devolves back into like, no, no, we're going to actually embrace that and we're going to have that be part of it. And I'm going to... I'm going to deliberately stack a tournament so I can have the hotter people and then mentally break them so that they're willing to be our clan's fuck buddies. And that's just not... No, that's... that's Like, you can't cut that out and pretend it didn't happen. That is baked into what Remonster is, and it lends a shadow over what Remonster will potentially be in its future volumes that goes down the line, because... There's no way you could just ignore that. It would continue to be part of the series. Though maybe he'll find, oh man, that's a hot dragon girl. I'm gonna get her into the fuck carum as well. And just no, I no remonster. And that's on top of it as well that the rest of it is just plain dull. Gal cleaning. I also I'm not a fan service guy. That's not never been my thing. But I feel if you were like to try and say which one is the best, if you ignore the rape, probably gal cleaning. So. Yeah, for me, Remonster is the worst because it is very much baked into that. Whereas Gal Cleaning, it was a, a terrible, horrible, horrific decision. And it, yeah, the mangaka should definitely seek therapy for that. But again, if you cut that out, or for example, if they didn't get cancelled, I highly doubt that would have ever happened. Phil? Oh boy. You get to enviable position of making Or pick something entirely different. Oh, I oh, guess yeah, You know what? I'm, I'm going to pick Blue Lot. No. no. <laughs> Like, you know what? No. I, I don't think I did like Oshinoko that much. <laughs> you know what? Actually, that killing me, killing you? Fucking shit. <laughs> what no, no, no. It, it was always down to these two. And if I'm being honest, there was only... I'm not going to say there's only ever one for me. But for me, I, I can definitely see what Sean's saying. 
but Remonster's a fantasy, so it gets a pass. No, no not what I'm saying. <laughs> not what I said either, for the record. <laughs> no, no, but you're not Phil. It's the point. You're not the self-professed fantasy addict. For me, it is the fact that how they go about presenting the situation, which is to say, in Remonster, when the main character does it at the very least, in fact, even when it's not, when it's in like the first volume, he's trying to be the good guy that he is. You don't see any of the explicit parts. It's very much, it tells you this is happening and it moves on with it. That is that. Whereas Gal Cleaning took the better part of a volume dedicated to this one scene, this one bit that it felt it needed to go into rather graphical detail about. And that, for me, just makes it worse. No questions asked. Yeah. <laughs> this is always a bit of a rough part of the, of the tournament. It's like, yep, now we've got to compare shit. And like, I mean, I feel this is the first year where we've had a split. It, it, it's like we're implicitly saying one's okay because the other one's worse. Like, no, oh, obviously no. not. God, no. Yeah, obviously not. Like, I ne- I'll never go back to either of these series. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but now the real question. And this is... I, <laughs> <laughs> the reigning champion Minamoto versus uh, for me like I, I mean as I said like regardless of if you pick Galkling or Remonster as the worst I know Galkling obviously got the most votes but again for the reasons I don't think Galkling is the worst of this year I feel Minamoto is how to train a rapist and that <laughs> will almost certainly have it win almost every battle we do because for all of Redo's many many faults, for all of Gal Cleaning's many many faults, for all of Remonster's many many faults, none of them ever are trying to present themselves of this is how you get with women, this is how you beat them down until they have no choice but to want your no doubt massive throbbing D. So no, I struggle to see a world where Minamoto's story gets beaten because yeah, it it's coaching you. That is the way it's presented. That it's trying to teach you that this is the way you do it. This isn't not just okay. This is this is how you get with women. This is your tutorial, and it terrifies me that some people might have seen it as that way. Yeah, <laughs> I don't disagree with you at all. I do think, I do think it is possible that Minamoto's story will be dethroned one day, mostly because you should never underestimate the depths of depravity that people just pass in their lives and they're just like okay with. So that sort of shit gets printed. But that being said, while Gal Cleaning is horrible for like everything it did, I do agree with you on the point that Minamoto's story is definitely worse. Because yes, it's like it's actively training you. It's like it, it almost takes a stance of any random manga that's like, this is about thing and I'm going to take some time describing the thing. And then we're going to have a story around it. Kind of takes that approach, but with sexual assault. It's the wrongest thing you can imagine being in an actual manga. And so, yeah, I don't think it gets dethroned this time. I would say it's probably not even close, honestly, because it's a thing that happened versus the trying to make the thing happen as often as possible. And then, of course, he add in all like the weird other complications with Minamoto's story. Like there's like a weird incest vibe going on as well. And it's just, ugh, it is so much worse. So, yeah, Minamoto's story, reigning champion, takes it again. What an awful position to be in. Okay, so, Phil, do you concur with that? or uh, I'm going to say no, because for the same reason I voted for Redo last year, the same reason I voted for Gal Cleaning this year. Not to say I think 
Minamoto is good, obviously. I agree with everything you guys have said there. But for me, the act of actually following through and showing all of that is by far worse. And unless I'm horribly misremembering Minamoto, it doesn't go that doesn't, far. He doesn't bang anyone in the two yeah. volumes we read. Whereas in this, it most definitely does happen. I was gonna say, in the other three, they all show Remonster, uh, Galcalinina, and Reader of Healer, they all show right. sexual. I don't think they show it in Remonster, but again, maybe I'm misremembering. But uh, if it does, it's one and done panel, so to speak. Uh, it's never in depth on that one, yeah. Whereas Gal Cleaning, Redo, it was let's have page. Well, Redo, it was let's have pages devoted to it. Grab your destiny, and by destiny, yeah. I mean my dick. Whereas Gal Cleaning, it was the better part of a volume. And it's just, no. That, that for me makes it worse. Again, it's all shit at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. None of it's good. I, you could say any of them are the worst, and I wouldn't begrudge you that. Oh, no, they're, they're all going in the bin where they belong. <laughs> I feel the bin's generous, but yeah. I mean, I haven't told you where the bin is. Uh, the fact it's not an incinerator is more the point. Ah, you see, it's on the sun. So. Uh, ah, damn, that's, that's some good bin. Yeah, fired out of a cannon into the sun. That's my thoughts. For me, the act of showing it and going into that much detail is worse. And that is very fair. So, there you go. That's, that's, that's it for year three. That's, uh, man, there really is no good way to segue this. <laughs> Twitch.tv slash Bezekra. <laughs> I'd argue there's better ways than that, but all right. <laughs> there are, but nah. <laughs> This thing's shit. Go to twitch.tv slash Berserkra. Uh, that's B-E-R-S-E-K-R-E-R for video games, which I promise are not anything we just discussed. You're telling me you're not going to play the Blue Lock video game that I'm assuming probably exists? Probably, and probably. I can honestly tell you I have no plans on doing so. I mean, I don't think you'd have played it because it's football. There is also that, yes. But yeah, Twitter, same name. That's pretty much how you find me. Get all your updates there. Phil? Mr. Uh-huh. Atfinax Kjern, your final Apparently. question of year three. What anime did you actually end up watching that we discussed this year? Uh, mm, so, gosh, shows. I don't know. so you mentioned Tomo-chan, for example, you watched that. God, what anime did I watch this year? Call of a Night? Uh, no, don't think that was on Crunchyroll. Gal Cleaning. Doesn't have an anime. Doesn't have an anime, thankfully. <laughs> Good. Uh, a couple of Cuckoos, did you watch that when it went out? No, I don't think I said I would. Bleach. Uh... Have you watched the new Bleach? Not that you can. I have not, specifically because I'm waiting for it to finish. That, you'll be there a while. Yes, I will be, but also I don't want to go, oh yeah, Bleach, let's watch it. Oh, now I've got to wait another six months for the next episode. Lucifer? Probably not. No, didn't care about Lucifer. Kamikatsu? That's the Godless World, which is airing now. No, not super by that one. No, Uzaki? Uh, no... I don't oh dear, I'm so. starting to get a feeling you've only watched one show this year. Blue Lock? Okay, of stuff we've specifically talked about, quite possibly. No, of course I've not watched Blue Lock. Flat Crazy short. <laughs> Talentless Nana? <laughs> Talentless Nana is one I've thought about watching, I will say. I have not, but I have actually thought about watching. Because, you know, I can. I was going to say Soul Land Girls of the Night, but not actually the anime version. Didn't you watch the I have watched a of couple of episodes of the live-action Soul Land. 
yeah. I do want to watch more, just see how that goes, but just haven't. Fair. There you go then. By virtue of that, uh, Tomo Chan is Phil's thing of the year. <laughs> I mean, again, you're specifically looking at stuff we've talked about and stuff that I would be interested in. I mean, I've given you a bunch of options there, and a lot of those are rom com slash fantasy. <laughs> uh, were they? Tomo Chan, Uzaki, a couple of cookies. I mean, Tomo Chan, I watched. Uzaki, I. Call don't of a Night. They've all had animes this year, I feel. Tomo Chan is the answer to that. Phil's watched Tomo Chan. Tomo Chan. Tomo-chan, live-action Soul Land, I've watched a few episodes of. Yeah. I mean, I technically watched some Ultimate Muscle way back when. Poor child. Hey, Ultimate Muscle's good. I was going to say, bear in mind, that's a completely different thing. Oh, no, we're out of time, so... Oh, God, well, there you have it. Oh, I watched Food Wars. You did, but I was avoiding that one. Apparently. (laughs) I was more focusing on stuff that I actually had this year, but yes, you have watched stuff, stuff that I had this year. Then you yeah, have watched Tomo Chan's probably about the only one. I'm assuming you don't watch Doshi, no co. No. So, either way, there you go. That's that's the answer to that. Is that the last question Phil will ever get asked? Find out in year four. Year four. Damn. Yeah. Damn. You can follow me at Slazer King S L A Z O K I N G for my thoughts and opinions on whatever I am reading or watching or consuming. Or morning, because today's the day Princess Connect died uh, in terms of gachas. So rip that. But yeah, follow, follow me for my opinions and maybe hot content in the future. Who knows? Ooh. You can follow the podcast as a whole at Trash Manga Cast on Twitter or subscribe to be notified the moment any of our new year four episodes go live. Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, tune in. So get on there, hit that sub button, hit that like button, follow, rate, hell your friends check the show notes for links to the various socials but that does mean the sun has set on another trash-tacular tournament arc and another year of the pod three years in the bag so let me take this moment to thank you yes you dear listener whether you've only just tuned in recently and recovered oshinoko or you've been around since the good question mark old days of rent a girlfriend i'm grateful you've joined us on this journey through trash and I hope you'll stick with us into year four. Or maybe it's year three, season two. That seems to be the trend nowadays. Either way, lots to look forward to. Not least of all, our hundredth episode, which will be happening around Christmas, New Year time. But before then, we have to start our fourth arc somewhere to fill. What have we got in store for our year four debut? I've deliberately not clicked the currently reading tab, but I think I know what it is. <laughs> You, you probably do, given what happened right at the start of this recording. Drive the dagger through my heart, Phil. <laughs> Say those two words I know you're going to. Oh, man, two words. Well, Sean, you know what? I think it's time we had a fairy tale story. That's it, folks. Three years. It's a good run. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, I don't want to do fairy tale. Well, you only have to do two volumes. Out of the 50-something you absolutely do own, Sean. Out of the 50-something I got off Humble, yes. No, no, you bought every 50 volume, every 50 volume, all 50 volumes. The irony is I'm pretty sure I own the first two volumes physically. But, uh, (laughs) eh, yes. Join us next time as we cover one of the biggest names in Shonen Fairy Tale by one of its biggest authors, Hiro Mashima. We will see you in year four. Thank you very much for listening. We love you all. Take care. Good. Bye.